Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. 
Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at lionelracing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to lionelracing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. See, that's a, this, the funny thing about uh, the new YouTube update, though. Yeah. I'm ready. I just can't wait to see what the chat has to say. I mean, it says we're live. I just sit the first minute and just eat the croissant. It says it's still what... waiting for me. Oh, there we go. We're live. Good. I got a croissant, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I what finally got my croissant. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's everyone's like, I think it has a little bit of a, um, it has a little bit of a delay. So I'm seeing everyone freaking out about it right now. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's croissant in the chat. Mm. It's, a good it's cro- the sound of the crust. There we go. I love it's, it. It's a good croissant. I'm telling you what, it's a pretty good one. It's like nice and buttery and just good. All right. I probably should uh, roll the intro. Did you I? bring enough for the rest of us? Nope. <laughs> I just brought tons for me. All right, shut up about the croissants. I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get this thing rolling. I accidentally started it again. <laughs> Professionalism, uh, baby. Anyway, uh, welcome everybody to, uh, to the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Um, great way to start off. Uh, thank you all with all the croissants in the chat. And thank you, Jimbo Burrito, for the two-hour super chat uh, already. And I, t- I took a bite. I-, I made a deal. I told all of them I will take I will take a bite out of croissant for every super chat I get that has croissant or croissant in it. So just letting you all know now, I got. Like I said I got the platter. And that and that can be, that can be any variation. If they ask a serious question, but just have the emoji in there, you will do it, right? Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm down with that. Um, what 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 would this be? Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. We we got six and a half croissants left, so we got we got enough. Um, but yeah, so, so we're gonna let's get this show going and see how much carbs people make you eat tonight. And by the way, for everyone rumble. that's asking the chat, David can hear us and he he can talk. David, let everyone know you're alive. Yeah, hi, I'm alive. I I was trying. I was looking up uh, YouTube videos on how to use a DSLR with a Zoom meeting right before we came on. I have not found a successful combination, so okay. uh, I may be uh, I, I'm 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 faceless, uh, but I'm just a disconnected voice. But you should definitely pay uh jared because we 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 need to see some serious uh croissant eating on this i, I want to see that entire plate of croissants gone by the end of the uh, of the video of the stream david had no idea what he was getting himself into when he agreed to be on the show weeks ago he had no idea i'm trying to watch what i eat and i'm gonna 
just oh, shovel in. We need to fatten him up. You're, you're, 20 you're, pounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. OBS went off for a second there. Um, no, but let's get into it. Uh, so we had Texas just now. Uh, what'd y'all think about it? That's it. No, no more fanfare than just what'd you think about it. It was it was good. It was. I mean, it was we fine. waited long enough. Like, yeah. GN, uh, really quick for a start. GN with four ninety nine super chat says uh, the Texas rain delays felt like Groundhog Day. The movie. At least uh, at least we got a veteran uh, a veteran break his winless streak. Croissant. Yep. There you go. I saw two croissant emojis and I think that's two bites. No, okay. No, <laughs> we'll start off slow. We'll start off slow. <laughs> oh, there you go again. Andrew Meyer, thank yeah. you for the five dollar super chat. Says this is the this was one of Kyle Bush's most impressive victories, in my humble opinion. I never thought that I would see another fuel mileage race with the stage racing. Croissant. We had we've had a few go down to the wire even this year. I feel like, but uh, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't know because we were at dinner when this race was finishing up. So we were we had to just we had to race like. On our on my phone muted, so we weren't really listening to the race, so we didn't know what the conversation was. And all of a sudden, it looked like Clint Boyer was leading and actually extending his lead. So we're like, "Is Clint Boyer about to get a last win?" But then Claudia came looking and it's like, "She's like, she's like, uh, they're either trying to bank on a caution coming out, trying to get him a win, or they're just letting him enjoy the moment for one of the last few races." But deep down, I was hoping that I knew nothing and he was somehow going to win. They said on the broadcast that perhaps the team was having an issue filling the car full of fuel because it was two straight runs where he seemed to be um, significantly like wasn't able to stretch it as far as the rest of the field. So I think that's might have been some mechanical thing there. But um, if we want to get into Texas, I, I want to start as as the the this is like the first time in months that I was the guy on the podcast that was actually at the race, at least the start of the race. Um, yeah, how about that one? They said on the broadcast, the last time a race was like delayed this long, it was like 1973 or something like that. And uh, so th this was a historic week. I mean, as someone who was there Sunday, I can attest to the fact that it was awkwardly misting pretty much the entire afternoon and evening. And I guess it never let up until today, like this morning, apparently. So uh, credit to the entire, you know, jet dryer, air Titan crew, everyone at Texas Motor Speedway who was able to uh, work basically 72 hours straight to get the the track in a decent condition to race. Um, I thought the race today was okay for a Texas race and also okay for oh a Texas race gosh. with this rules package. Sorry, Eric, didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, yeah, we got a few super chats here. Um, <laughs> Ross Boss with 499 says, I recommend you watch uh, our Aravara uh, F1 YouTuber play NASCAR E5 for the first time. Yes, I will watch that. Oh, uh, we God. all know my thoughts on that game. Uh, Nicholas Gray, thanks for the $2. Croissant. From Florida. Um, holy Jesus. That's what, I was, that's what I was talking about. Corvette Racing 48, thanks for the $25. Leaves three croissants in the front. Says, congrats to KFB on his 57th career win. And here's a bunch of croissants. And he leaves six more. I'm only going to eat that's at least super chat. I don't know. That's a, that's worth at least two bots, man. Come we got five hundred five people watching. We can't here. we can't keep pushing this. And then I think Nicholas just left another croissant. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> I told you there's gonna, there's gonna be that guy. Break it up. Keep going. Uh, but uh, golly, think about it like this. What all did you guys do from the drop of the green flag in this race to the finish? I uh, let's see. 
I went to Trunk or Treat at church. I was dressed as Mickey Mouse. I went on an anniversary dinner with my wife, Claudia. I Happy fl- anniversary, by the way. Thank you. I, fl- I flew I flew to Chicago. I flew from Chicago to Philadelphia. I rented a Jeep in Philadelphia. I drove. I've been to New York City. I've been to Massachusetts. I've drove from Massachusetts to Vermont. And now I'm in New Hampshire. That's what I've done from the drop of the green flag at Texas to the finish. Well, you got me beat. I, I went to an IndyCar race, uh, flew back. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I drove from the track to home and then never drove back, unfortunately. So <laughs> I think you've got all of us beat as far as miles and I mean, we, we've, still, we've still done quite a few things. You've made a few out of the groove videos, you know, days. I've been busy passing the time. You know, days have gotten up, slept, eaten some breakfast every day. I don't know, put, put my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else but yeah it's been a a weird a weird series of events for sure especially after last night it looked like they were going to get the race maybe back green they seemed very hopeful uh, late in the afternoon early evening yesterday and then it ultimately fell apart uh, a lot of those peaks and valleys of oh no 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 get my heart broken toe time and time again speaking of getting my heart broken i want to get this out of the way before anyone brings it up later and blindsides me with it Matt Kenseth should not have come back this year. <laughs> I wish I would. I, and also when they announced Ross, uh, Ross Chastain to the 42 car for next year, they should have immediately right then swapped Kenseth out with Chastain. I don't know why Matt's still in the car, but I apologize to the Bubba Wallace fans. I don't know what my boy's doing out there this year. He, you know, these cars obviously different than anything he's ever driven, but he's driven over his head three or four times this year. I just, I, I've not seen that from Matt Kenseth this year. So yeah, just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, I that I I watched that, and I think was it uh, Justin Champagne left on Twitter. He's like, yeah, what, what, uh, watch some idiot come back and like crash on the first lap back, and he crashed. It was like right the third Justin's. lap. Well, but it's funny he crashed right into Justin's favorite driver. <laughs> I'm sorry, I live I, uh, off of chaos. I love it. That makes me think of something. I think it was I can't remember who it was on Twitter this week. Someone said watch all of us wait three days just for Kyle Busch to win. <laughs> well, I mean, I was happy to see at least a little strategy coming to the end of it, but I, I it really, it was with, with this configuration of Texas, the best I think you're going to get it is a uh, four out of 10 race. There goes croissants coming back up. Um, but I don't know, man, it was like, it was pain. And, and the thing I think it made it more painful is just the NBC broadcast. Well, it wasn't, bad it was just plain you know i think that was that was something that made it a little worse for where to watch um i i just I, I wasn't crazy about how they every time there was a pass made it was a it was used to basically like defend the package from the fans who were mad about last week's finish we're like like i think like truex got past um blaney at one point and then it's like that right there shows what just how much talent joey logano had last week and it's like no no bro no, no, it didn't. It's just, <laughs> it's early in the run and they weren't racing as hard as the end of the race. Um, it, but it was, it was not anything special. Uh, it, it wasn't worth the wait, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Kyle Busch in a way broke his winless streak just because I, I love seeing the meltdown on Twitter afterwards. Uh, but even I couldn't even get that because everyone's happy for him now. So it, <laughs> I just got to be such an. It's got to be such an awkward place for everyone at JGR because the entire time you're like, okay, it'd be great for Truex to win and get himself in a championship four, but if he does that, 
then Denny and Kozlowski are separated by just two for the final transfer spot. And if, or if Kyle Busch wins, Denny is still pretty well good. Truex that can't make it. And yeah, Kyle Busch finally wins. Well, is that that's kind of the conundrum Christopher Bell found himself in. Uh, those two drivers are going to be your teammates next year, and you're not driving for Gibbs currently, but you will be, so you better not screw up either of their uh, chances <laughs> to win. I noticed he never drove it in that hard into one and two. A couple times I thought he could have gotten next to Truex if he really pushed it, and he seemed to not be pushing it that hard. So I think he was playing it really safe. I, I actually kind of disagree with Jared. I, I don't think this race was that bad. People in the chat saying like four out of ten. I thought this was a – a pretty solid race. And I think because it came down to the racing was not great. Obviously it's Texas and it's this rules package and one groove track of this package is not going to be great. But I thought ultimately the intrigue at the end, the storylines where you have Kyle Bush, a guy who you could see afterwards, he really, he said afterwards, this was as nervous as he was racing for a championship last year. It's just a random, basically meaningless race at Texas. Like the storyline of him trying to extend his win streak, um, the storyline of Truex possibly blowing up the playoff grid. Like you said, Danny, if he had gotten the win, uh, the fuel of course being called into question. And then Christopher Bell in, you know, a small Texas team's last race at Texas, looking for his first career win, the team's first win, you know, knocking on the door, threatening there, like, I was heavily invested in this race in the final 50 or 60 laps. And I thought the way it got there between the massive crash between Matt Kenseth and Bubba Wallace added some spectacle to it for people who want to see those types of things. Uh, I thought, you know, seeing guys like Clint Boyer, Austin Dillon, Ryan Blaney uh, up in the top five, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin struggling at a mile and a half for the first time all year long. So we had some parody up there. I, I thought all that actually was decent and it's something that only there's a reason coming into this round i actually thought texas might be a bigger wild card than martinsville because you know with the fact that tires don't really wear but it, it's still a very treacherous racetrack because if you slip out of that groove you're, you're, you're toast like harvick found uh you know sunday before the rain hit or when as the rain hit i guess you know and it kind of delivered on that part i mean early on they mentioned it on the broadcast at the end of stage one there are only two i guess three technically playoff drivers getting stage points so there was a lot of parody in the field. Racing was not fantastic, not great racing particularly, but the storylines were there. So I was at least invested in this race. And so I'd give it a little bit more positive was, score, not a four. I'd give it like a six or a seven personally. I'll, I'll give you this. It was better than the last, I'd say two, maybe two years in the fall Texas race. Um, I think it was just the weight. 2018 overall. was terrible. Yeah. 2018 for sure. I didn't really like last year. I don't really remember last year's. I don't that's, really that's, remember, that's, so it was probably better than that. That's my problem <laughs> with the new layout at Texas. They don't, there's no races. like I think the only race anyone remembers is Jimmy Johnson winning, and the only reason they remember that one is because – well, and then last year's being horrible. They remember that, of course, because – of course. But I think it was just I Johnson think it's still going to be hard for me to – I think it'll be hard for me for, to forget uh, Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick coming one, too. That was, a, that was actually that a that decent – I know I'm excited for the all-star race at this track next year. <laughs> if they go crazy. You couldn't say it. Okay, be glad you don't have a working camera because we all know you didn't set up a straight face. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> if if they go crazy with it next year, like I, I, you could maybe there's like, if they just do a one-off package the way they did with the all-star race last year, I, I could see it being fun, I guess. Um, but they, 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 they just go all out with it. I mean, it's the last year of this car. You're not going to use any of the stuff really you have anymore. Think Hopefully. about it, guys. We might get the nostrils back. <laughs> Do they, People would say they should run the, the quarter mile track on the infield. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. run the Roval. That's my thing. I, I don't like the oh, idea, no. and I don't like this for the Clash next year, of running a giant 
road course, especially like Daytona, but even with Texas, a big road course with only like 20 cars. I just, I don't like that idea. They get too, I think they get too spread out and they, I think you need more cars out there for the calamity that NASCAR wants with it. But <laughs> I, I don't oh. think Texas's Roval should ever be used. It's just not, it's not great for the fans. Cause all the action happens on the back stretch at Charlotte, yeah. the Roval, you know, you see it, it's all in the front stretch. It's everywhere. Like fans from the stands can see it. The Texas Rover will only be good for people watching on TV, maybe. So I, I think they should never use it. Uh, there's a few Super Chats left. And we got, for the 630 people watching right now, just letting you know, um, the Johnson interview is still happening. It's at the second half of, of the show. Trust me, it's worth it. Uh, I've got a little surprise for you, wink, wink, uh, in the second half. Some, I don't uh, even some, know what the some, surprise some, is. Some quality editing by Danny B. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Da- Danny should get the props on this, this one for sure. Uh, so let's see. Uh, let's let's get a few of these super chats here. Uh, it's funny. My well, if the studio will update, it's not updating on us. Um, but Ethan Kane four nine nine says, uh, I believe JJ's last Texas win was the last race before the repay. No, I thought it was the first race uh, of the repay, but I could be wrong. Um, I'll check. The repay was in twenty seventeen. So did he? He won. Did he win the April race that year? Yes. Yeah, it was his yeah, second so to last. That was that, that was the third to last win. It was the first of three wins he had in 2017. Yeah, and I apologize for people. Who love Which is crazy because like he came off like on fire. But I, yeah, I apologize. He came off on fire in 2017. I apologize for people who have left super chats. I keep eating them every time you say croissant. I'm just eating it just as I see it. Um, I haven't been able to read some of them just because they disappear on the studio and it hasn't updated fully yet. Um, thank you. The Dank Gamer, Heat Gamer, for the $1 Super Chat. Uh, Arian, uh, I think, go, yeah, Arian Gomez says, uh, thought the race was decent and amusing to watch. Kyle drove like a champion, the champion he is, um, with that winning drive today. I like Brad's chances to advance to Phoenix. And then Kyle Keeskin says, uh, for $14.99, says, Let's race the all-star race backwards. And the Dan Key mm. Gamer says, with $5, I think Dogecoin and GameStop had the best paint schemes. Okay, well. I'll agree on the GameStop. The Dogecoin, not sure. But I'll agree on the GameStop. Some of them are good. Some of them are, yeah. Um, but. Well, I think I like just the plain GameStop. Not really when they did special ones. I just like the plain GameStop car. Yeah, well. Here's a okay. Here's the hardest part about because I does anyone have anyone anything else to say about Texas before we move on to the second half of the Texas? Uh, honestly, honestly, I think we pretty much said all we can about the, the Texas Cup race. But I do want to talk about the Texas truck race. That one yeah. was where the storylines were. <laughs> so Eric, you were there. T- tell us what you saw. Yeah. So well, Ben Rhodes lost his mind at, at, at the, the first incident where he kind of got into Todd Gill and he sort of crowded him on entry. Some people, you know, I thought it was just him just misjudging and just turning way too early. He was being aggressive and just misjudging Rick Gill. And other people were just saying it was a race. You know, blah blah blah. But I, so I was like, okay, I'll let that one slide. But then him hooking Christian Eckes into the front stretch dog leg wall, that was obviously a dirty move. He should have been parked for it. I'm surprised he wasn't. I'm surprised NASCAR is not going to penalize him in any way, shape, or form. I think you're only inviting uh, something really wild to happen to Martinsville, which I'm sure is what NASCAR wants to boost those truck ratings. And then I didn't even see what happened at the end. He got into Josh Belicki and pissed him off, apparently. Um, so well, uh, either way, Ben Rhodes was an absolute madman. And I had Jordan Anderson on the on the show the other day, and I I asked him before I before we went live. I said, "Is it okay if I ask about like Ben Rhodes?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll talk about Ben Rhodes." <laughs> it was a little messy, so uh, it was it was a rough rough go of it for for one of the truck playoff guys there. Well, 
I'm not as surprised that NASCAR didn't penalize him, and mostly because if it's true that the 51 was the reason that he, that if the 51 got contact with the 99, and then he, and then that's what got him, got him into Blicky. I don't think there was enough footage to really back up that claim, but Rhodes sure sounded like that's what happened in his interview. If that's the case, I think NASCAR kind of saw that as the situation was resolved by the teammate. The penalty was for, for wrecking Eckes. That's what the penalty should have been for because he just turned left on him going Yeah, but there. I'm saying like that was one of the only cases where I think NASCAR truly let a drive, like drivers police themselves. I I don't like on a fast track like that turning someone on the straightaway straight into the wall. Especially yeah, a dog it, it was, like that. It wasn't good. Yeah, like what Rhodes did was worse than what 51 did, I think. But 51 just tried to move him out of the way. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful with the retaliation on super speedways. Uh, it's it's asking for trouble. I mean, at a place like Martinsville, like it makes sense. Like it's going to happen, as they say, it's short track racing. Um, but but yeah, Texas, I agree with you guys. I think that was, I think that crossed the line. I will tell you this though, the one thing that I really appreciated. Shout out to the NASCAR social media team for posting that double bird photo uncensored. Yep. You madmen, it's great, <laughs> fantastic. Great stuff. I'll tell you what, their social media has turned it up this year, like, a ton. Their YouTube channel has gotten really good and more in-depth. Uh, their TikTok is hilarious. Like, the people who run that deserve a raise. Well, it's because, no, no offense to people who've done it in the past, but they're finally hiring people who are actually NASCAR fans. And, the, and then, yeah, the, the, tw- <laughs> the t- they've come a long way since the, uh, the, the mess up with the Golden Gate Bridge last year, or was it earlier this year? I don't know. Anything basically before uh, when anything before hey, the pandemic feels can, like a hundred years ago. Can I talk about one thing? Yeah, Remember how it. at the beginning of the of the playoffs they had who was that famous actor they had do something? Mario Lopez. Was oh it? God! Yeah. Oh. So they had Mario Lopez do something, and that was supposed to be one of five times they did it. They never did that again. Did you I think notice they did that? One other. I, I can't if they if they if they did if they did they didn't promote it like the other one. Yeah, so I, I think I think first one. I think point. they I think they realized real quick that was not a good idea. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, Ross Boss, thanks for four ninety nine. Says, uh, do you think the choose rule will stay for twenty one? I think it will, and I'm actually I'm surprisingly um, I surprisingly actually like it. Uh, I didn't think I would. And then the Danky Gamer said for two dollars says, why don't you like Dogecoin, Danny? <laughs> I just didn't like, like, it's okay car. It's not one of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a fun little, like, meme before memes were a thing. What year was that? That was, like, at the early days. 2014, 2015. Oh, no, I, I, that was newer than, more recent than that. I thought it was, like, 2011 I, for some reason. Okay, well, I, 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 I just think it's always, I just think it's always funny, like, that was, that was organized by people who have read it, and then now, like, the people who run NASCAR Reddit are like, that was a mistake. We should have never done that, but that's, that's my take on it. What? They said, they, hold on a second. I'm the biggest NASCAR I, like, Reddit. It's, it's, it's one of those things that like what I saw my brief time on Reddit is like, I saw someone saying like, that's like, that was why we will never do like a, a crowdfunding thing again. So, or something like that. I don't know. That's like one of the more why? iconic cars for a back marker too. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was too much drama behind the scenes. I don't know about it, but I swear I saw someone saying like, we're, we're not ever going to do that again. So. Didn't they get Josh Wise voted into the all-star race? Mm-hmm. That, that, of... I, that I think they're fine, but I think it's like crowdfunding a ridiculous sponsor for like that. I don't think they want to do that again. Uh, NAS- I like the NASCAR All Out says in the chat. I love the classic full race replays on their channel. I do too. Um, 
But really quick, going back to Texas, uh, do we want to, I mean, we're not going to have the numbers we usually have, but uh, y'all want to kind of jump into the poll really quick and see what people are saying? Definitely. So I put the poll out, let's see, an hour and a half ago. So we only have 1.3 thousand votes. Uh, so not, not anywhere near what we normally do. I got, I got to write them down because I usually keep track. But so 14% of you thought this was a great race. 47% uh, of you thought it was a good race. 25% said average, 5% said below average, and 8% of you thought that this was a bad race. Uh, so that's a net positivity, I believe, of 61% and a net negativity of 13%. Uh, so I, I don't know why that stacks up with the other ones just because this is so close to the finish of the race. Uh, but let's see what some people said since we already have 156 comments. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> of course, Michael's twin brother is the first comment. Uh, says it's the Kyle and Kyle show today. One Kyle signed with Hendrick, and the other signed, uh, the other Kyle won. And we'll talk about the Hendrick signing uh, a little later in the show. Uh, let's see, NASCAR fan nine three one hundred or ninety three one hundred says, uh, "How appropriate the zombie car wins, considering that everyone probably felt like zombies for the last few days." <laughs> That's what you say. He pointed to the, the design on his helmet, which was a very... I didn't really like the paint scheme, I'll be honest. It just looked flat, but uh, I thought his helmet design with the actual the helmet was, was kind of cool. cool. And they are selling tickets for $18 a piece to benefit uh, Kyle Samantha's uh, fundraiser in order to uh, win that, I think. Or not to fundraise, but to charity. Uh, let's see what else we got here. LIV says, Kyle Busch wins 2020. Impossible. Oh, All fans. Lost impossible. David. Well, we're still go they're still going through uh, inspection right now, aren't they? They could, and I, I you know, the the Truex, you know, they confiscated that spoiler. You never know if the Gibbs cars might might get smacked for something. Well, I'm gonna laugh, especially. If, uh, I hope Dalton is in the chat right now, and if that happens, I, I want to see his meltdown live in the chat. Oh, actually, one minute ago, NASCAR tweeted, or they all tweeted that there's no no post race issues, so Bush oh, is the okay. winner. Sorry, One minute Dalton. ago. I love see uh, the story I told after the Bristol night race is that when um, Joey Logano held up Kyle Busch and it cost him the the win basically, uh, I tr I trolled the hell out of Dalton after the race because he was there and I was like chanting for Logano just to mess with him. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. A few more comments here and then we'll go and do like our basically our poll for the last comment. Um. Uh... JP, Kyle Busch, it's still 2020. Chase Elliott, Uno reverse card. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Deathstormer14 says, overall, a decent race. What really bothered me was when MTJ was saying on the radio that he needed draft help to catch Kyle. The draft shouldn't be that valuable at a track like Texas, especially considering they were full throttle most of the time. Um, let's see... I'm not going to say that you can't pass at this track because I did say Truex passed Ryan Blaney clearly for the lead, like cleanly. But I'm not going to say that's necessarily the case like it was at Kansas for this one. Uh, let's see a few more comments and we'll get to that last one. Blue Jimmy 48 fan says, I think my new profile pick is uh, perfectly sums up my emotion. Sort of like a smile, that an angry smile for an angry bird. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, I scroll way down because I usually don't get these bottom ones very much. Oh, we got someone that's really happy at Kyle Busch once. Says, let's go Kyle Busch one. Uh, Travis Carpenter. Uh, let's see, Motorsports Fan Seventeen says so. Kyle Busch finally gets a win in one of the longest wait periods in the history of the Cup Series. I must say, really good run for Busch tonight. 
Uh, let's go down to the last one. Uh, I'll ask the three of you, do you think that the last comment is positive or negative? Let's hear that name. Daniel <laughs> Daniel Knudsen. Oh, I know him. That's positive. I'm going to say negative because Kyle Bush won, and people are usually negative with those first comments. I'm also going to go negative just because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Waste yourself aware. Uh, you, so it is negative. He says. Yes. He says. I'm Terrible winner, terrible package, terrible race. And the ratio oh, is wait. immense. Ooh. Oh, wait. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot. Yeah, he doesn't like how much. I forgot about that. He has two <laughs> likes and 11 God, I know comments. your clientele. Yeah, he's oh, man. two likes. Ratio on YouTube. Comments. How sad. <laughs> There's like comments like salty. Yep. Can 2020 end? Mother Nature was really sad. So she rained on Fort Worth for three days. This is what the, the, I made a joke on Twitter. I'm like, the racing gods are punishing us for complaining about the package for two for a full week. Uh, but yeah, that, maybe this is maybe this is awesome. We had to have three days of rain in Texas, and Kyle Busch wins. Nature is healing. We're getting back to normal. <laughs> or it's a racing gods way of saying, "Screw you guys! I'm going to make it worse for you." <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like everybody's everybody's complaining about one Kyle Busch win this year, but it comes under the most uh, the worst circumstances in some some respects. So I just want to let the uh, seven hundred now people who are watching that uh, if you want me, I have a I'm I'm gonna remind people like every half hour of this. If you want me to eat from this platter of croissant, just leave croissant in your super chat, and I will take a bite every time someone leaves it in that. Uh, so we got we got plenty to talk about. Why don't we go into the uh, the really big? Well, actually, we should probably go into the playoff picture right now, and then go into the really big story uh, from this morning, basically. Uh, so we know we know Logano is good to go. But do you want me to just read off second through eighth now? Sure. Okay. Uh, Harvick is plus forty two. Hamlin plus twenty seven. Keselowski plus twenty five. Alex Bowman minus twenty five. He's tied with Chase Elliott. Truex minus 36 and Kurt Busch minus 81. He, he's going to need a miracle. Uh, so what do you guys think about uh, the way it's shaping up? I mean, right now, if the final four ends up being what it is now, I think those are the four best drivers all year, in my opinion. I think I'm going to be interested in the battle between uh, Hamlin and Koslowski next week. It's obviously the close one. They're only separated by two points now. Uh, and spoiler alert for my picks, I really like Truex's chances of winning three in a row here, but that's going to be the biggest, uh, the biggest thing I'm watching out for Martinsville. Cause I feel like, it, I feel like Truex is going to come to play. He has to win, and it's going to be close between Hamlin and Kozlowski for a final spot. Other than that, I don't think the other guys are, have a chance for it. Yeah, I, I think I mostly agree with you there. I, I do think Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, kind of a long shot. They're basically in must-win scenarios. Um, I do think Martin Truex Jr. is going to be one of the favorites. He's probably going to be a popular pick to win this race. Um, Chase Elliott has run well at Martinsville as well in his career, so uh, I wouldn't rule him out either. I think you're right, Dan. I think a lot of the drama is going to be watching Hamlin and Keselowski battle to not be fourth on the grid in the event that Truex or Elliott does swoop in and steal a victory or somebody else. Yeah. You know, I won't completely write off Bowman or Kurt Busch. You, know, you never know. Martinsville's a driver's track, so in the case of like Kurt Busch, you know, he might be able to overcome – possibly some of the lack of Ganassi speed in some ways. So, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, Truex is going to be a good pick. That's going to be fun to watch. I was impressed with his speed tonight. I feel like that team hasn't been as great on the mile and a half this year, but maybe this is a good momentum 
rolling into Martinsville where it's a completely different car and package. So I don't know. I, I, it's all bets are off, but I, I do think everyone's in a must win scenario. That's um, below the, the top four. I'm leaning towards the idea that the four that we see in right now will not be the same four that make it. I just don't know in what order it's going to be. I guess since I won't be on the podcast uh, when it's all decided, uh, I think the most compelling thing about the final four uh, will be, especially at Phoenix, it's going to be Harvick versus the world, I think. It's going to be the question of, can someone beat Kevin Harvick at a track that he is so very good at? And you know they're going to be bringing their A game to that race. So uh, I think if you look in that bottom bottom part, the guys uh, trying to break in, I think you look at an Elliott or a Truex, uh, if they can get in, I think they've got a very good chance of threatening Harvick. And um, But, man, it's going to be tough. I think that's that's going to – it's kind of like the, the old scenario we used to say about Kyle Larson. If he could just get to Homestead, he's going to win the championship almost guaranteed. I wonder if that's going to be similar here with Kevin Harvick at Phoenix. Yeah, I, I think his – personally, I think his biggest threat are the Penske guys. I think Logano winning at Kansas is is – adds one other you know kind of danger for him at phoenix just because of how good you know i think logano won phoenix earlier in the year yep. and keselowski's run really well with the 750 horsepower package i i think it is going to be harvick i think it's gonna be harvick versus penske you say harvick versus what i think it's gonna be more harvick versus penske and the real scary part is if penske gets both their cars in the championship for that's gonna be a lot of obstacles for kevin harvick to dodge i mean no disrespect to denny hamlin he's had a great season but i don't think anyone at this point would pick hamlin to win phoenix if he sneaks into the championship for at this rate so i i, I do think if you're harvick you're hoping keselowski blows up at martinsville and and your only penske threat is logano because if it's just logano i think harvick can take him but if you get two penske guys i mean i don't know that's, that's a lot of fast forwards that maybe faster than his Ford. I well, guess. well, here's the alternative to that scenario it is the team play. If you only have one Penske car in there, you've got three potential uh, jam cars for Harvick to deal with. Mm. If there's two Penske cars racing each other for the championship, you may not have uh, them playing as nicely with each other and uh, less focus on trying to keep Harvick from winning the race. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to That's see. possible. Yeah. Here's uh, something else we got to consider here, and I can't remember the exact circumstances of why he finished in this place. Hamlin finished uh, in the spring 24th, three laps down. He was and, just slow. Uh, that was just the race where he was a lap down before they even got to the competition. Yeah, so if, if they bring a similar setup, like, that's not good for them because, I mean, yeah, they got a, what is it, a 27-point cushion to Bowman. Uh, see, he, he got sixth place last time. I mean, if, if something goes wrong for Hamlin, he's not safe by any means but I think he's got a better shot at being okay. I, I don't see him messing up two times this year, but you never know. Uh, just looking at the Super Chats and how many croissants I've had to eat. Um, I'll yeah, yeah. How, 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 how many have you ate at this point? One and a half. Uh, yeah, we'll just move <laughs> on past that. But uh, no, I, I, I the way I'm looking at it right now, like I said before, I think, you know, we obviously know Logano is going to make it. Uh, I think Harvick's in a good spot, even if, Bowman through Kurt Busch gets the win. Um, it's going to be really interesting, though, in my opinion, if Bowman, Chase, or Trex, or Kurt Busch gets that win, just to see between... But I mean, there's two points right now between Hamlin and Keselowski. And then before the show, we talked about Danny. You'd said that, like, you know, if Keselowski falls out, then it's up for the, it's up for the taking for... You know, or Hamlin falls out. It's up for the taking for Bowman, Elliott, and Truex. Because I think yeah, one if, of them will finish with one, one of the, points. 
if either one of them brings just a trash car and is in the 30s for some reason, like it's it's open for someone. Uh, really quickly, super chats. Uh, Food King, good rate. Uh, Food King, I'm gonna call you that because uh, you got a long name. Uh, four nine ten. Four nine nine says not to, not much to say. Love all your channels. Just so excited that KFB and Adam Stevens are for K KFB and Adam Stevens, which wow. I really think they should stay together wow. next year. Uh, wow, Food King, and he didn't say anything about a croissant. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I yeah, haven't read the, the second one yet. Uh oh. Well, uh, I want to say I agree. I, I do think this race should should put to rest any of the rumors that they should split those two up. I think Adam Stevens, he's been the best creature for Kyle Busch since he's joined up with them. I think. They've had an off year. I wouldn't break it up just yet. Uh, Nicholas Gray with the five dollar super chat says Hurricane Zeta finished passing us. Uh, everyone's safe, uh, but those last sixty laps were stressful. But I'm a happy Rowdy and Truex fan right now. Croissant up. Glad everyone's safe. Yeah, that's good. I didn't realize they got all. Of, they're in the Greek alphabet now for hurricanes right now. So stay yeah. safe, everybody. Wow. Yeah, they were already through Zeta. Yeah, they're they're a good way through the Greek alphabet. Mm -hmm. uh, does anyone have any else, anything else or picks? I'm, I think at picks we can just pick our final four too while we're thinking about. It. Thanks, Food King, for the uh, first round. Just putting just putting out there, no one's missed Jimmy. He's coming up a little bit later. <laughs> well, gonna need a graphic on the screen at some point, like countdown to Jimmy. <laughs> I'll just count on my fingers. Okay, guys, we are. Well, this is gonna be hard to do. I don't have enough fingers. We'll we'll get there soon. Second half of the show. Uh, well, before we get to the second half of the show, I think there's a really big story we should probably talk about that has something to do with uh, well, the team Jimmy runs for. Kyle Larson officially finally assigned with Hendrick Motorsports to drive the five car next year. Uh, I, who wants to go first on that one? That's a pretty big story to to start off. I mean, we we knew it was coming, but the fact that it's finally confirmed. It's just, it's huge. I, I can't, I mean, if you uh, were to ask someone five years ago, if, like, do you think you'll see Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott in the same team? They might have said yes, but they wouldn't have expected under these circumstances. I like the five car being back. That's one of Hendrick's more historic numbers. I like the idea that Kyle starts fresh with a new team, new number that we haven't seen since 2017. And kind of like the idea that the 88 goes out in a good way with, uh, with Bowman giving the number 88 the best run it's had in the NASCAR playoff format that we see today. So kind of a good fitting to send it out good, being remembered by, you know, Dale Jr. and Alex Bowman. And then now he's starting over and, and then Kyle starting over. I mean, everybody kind of forgets about that number is it was, you know, 88's never really been a traditionally Hendrick number. It was a Robert Yates number for the longest yep. time. I mean, the only reason it really ended up in the Hendrick camp was because uh, Teresa wouldn't allow the eight to transfer over to Hendrick Motorsports. So they needed the next best thing, which was which was two eights. So some of Junior Nation's tattoos weren't were completely useless. at that. <laughs> they point. were they were all set to do 81. And then Robert Yates like, you guys can have it. Yeah. Well, here's something very that, nice of him to do. Well, here's something that's actually interesting. I, uh, I found on all of our favorite spots to go on NASCAR Reddit, um, but it's an interesting fact. The 2021 <laughs> Daytona 500 will mark the first cup points race since the 29th race of the 1995 season. The 88 car is not in the field. Uh, with 1,753 starts as of writing this, uh, I think it's up. it might be up to 54. They might have counted or not counted Texas. Don't quote me on it. Um, 
it is the fifth most used number in NASCAR history. So that's going to be really odd. It'll be the wow. first time in my life I've never seen an 88 on the track unless someone naps it up. What's, what's funny is now this is the first time since, I think, 2006 that neither Junior Motorsports nor Hendrick Motorsports will be using that number. Wow. Yeah, damn. Yeah, interesting. I do like I do like the change to the number five, uh, just as a kind of fresh brand. If it makes sense from Hendrick's perspective, you think about it. You know, obviously Kyle Larson. I think a lot of people are very excited that Kyle Larson's back. At least from what I've seen, I think many people are very excited about it. Uh, going to Hendrick and everything like that. Um, but you know, they announced today no sponsorship. <laughs> they didn't announce any sponsors for Larson. Uh, I think we're lucky that Hendrick even signed or uh, Chevy. I'm sorry, even signed off on him uh, driving for Hendrick. So, you know, moving Bowman to the 48 with Ally sponsorship obviously keeps Ally mostly happy. It's really going to be them, you know, Rick Hendrick pulling the strings. He can pull to, to piece together a schedule for Kyle Larson. But uh, like, you, like you said, Jared, a few years ago, I would have, you know, wouldn't have said it was likely. But uh, I, I, since January, we've known Hendrick was one of the top two or three landing spots for Larson. I feel like in January it was he might stay with Ganassi, but probably not. He's either going to go to Hendrick or maybe he'll go to Stuart Haas Racing if Boyer or somebody retires. That Those were really the two options really from the beginning of this season, and everyone was on either side of the aisle. And none of that really changed after after you know he was suspended. I think that just slowed things down. I'll bet you he's not getting paid as much next year as he would have had the suspension not happened. You know, if he suspension doesn't happen, I'm sure Ally would have been happy to sponsor Kyle Larson next season. He'd be raking in the money. He'd have a company car, a nice Camaro or Corvette or something from Chevrolet next year. He's probably not going to have any of that because of his suspension, but uh, I'm happy to see Kyle Larson back in the cup series. And um, I pointed this out on Twitter, Hendrick Motorsports in 2021, all four of their drivers are going to be under the age of 30 to start the year. And I just think back a few years ago when they had Gordon and Kane and junior, all their drivers were over the age of like 35 for a couple of years there. And I don't know, you just, Hendrick has changed pretty quickly. It's changed, changed a lot very quickly, but I will say, at least as far as jumping from 2020 to 2021, obviously subbing out Jimmy Johnson, arguably the GOAT for Kyle Larson, doesn't sound like an upgrade on paper, but personally, I, I think it is. I think if you ask me who's the better driver right now in 2020, I'd go Kyle Larson over Jimmy Johnson pretty easily. So I don't think Hendrick's losing out on talent next year, and uh, I think they've now just increased their longevity because a lot of their chief opponents like Gibbs, their drivers are getting old. You know, Truex is 40, Hend- uh, Hamlin's about to turn 40, Kyle Busch is 35 and is coming off his worst season in, in years. You know, you look at Stuart Haas, it's the Kevin Harvick show. He's like 42, 43. Their competition's getting old, and Hendrick is getting younger and more talented. So Hendrick Motorsports, I think, with this announcement and the Rudy Fugel announcement we'll talk about earlier this week, um, I think Hendrick has set themselves up really nicely for the next decade or more. So um, I think a lot of fans are going to be excited about Larson. Some won't be. I'm sure everyone's going to have a different opinion on Kyle Larson, without a doubt. Um, but I, I think it's it was a smart move from Hendrick Motorsports and definitely a good career move for Kyle Larson. It shows he's really uh, committed to being great in the NASCAR Cup Series because you know Rick Hendrick, he'll let him run some dirt, but he's not going to support it maybe the same way Chip Ganassi will. Larson's showing with this announcement that he's invested in being the greatest NASCAR driver he can be. So I'm excited to see what happens next year. I think originally I was expecting – I was expecting probably like HendrickCars.com, Chevy Goods to be uh, – I still think they're probably the majority sponsors for Larson, but now I think they might even be the only ones because I think with uh, Hertz having gone away, that's hurting the 24 car a lot and not sure. Maybe Liberty University will come back. They've got some drama going on on their end, but it's going to depend on what the 24 car needs, I think. Uh, so I think the 24 is going to get them a, like pretty much all of what I would call the, the other sponsors that Alex Bowman had this year and 
I'd say that Kyle Larson's probably going to get mostly Chevy goods and Tim Hendrick cars that come. Well, my theory on the sponsors has always been that the way this worked out, I mean, pretty much it was the perfect storm uh, this year for Kyle Larson to be in that seat in any way after the suspension. Uh, yeah. the, the fact that the 88 car was not even really fully funded this year, that you had that opening with Jimmy Johnson leaving, you could move Bowman into that seat and then have an open car. I mean, it's not like the 88 car was going to go away. I think, uh, I think that Rick Hendrick, you know, he's bought a charter and he's not going to lease or sell that charter to one of his competitors. Mm-hmm. And if you have an unsponsored car, who is the best driver on the market that you can just hire and bring in? That's Kyle Larson. So the, the fact that this all kind of came together in the way that it did, I think is remarkable. And I think all parties involved are eventually going to benefit from this. I think Rick Hendrick has got a driver that, assuming he, of course, stays out of uh, any kind of significant trouble, which I think he will, uh, you're going to have somebody you can build a future around. I think, you know, I remember when Kyle Larson came into NASCAR, everybody was talking about how he was the next Jeff Gordon. I think uh, I think he's going to show a lot of that next year. And uh, I think as he begins to rehabilitate his image, more companies will be willing to work with him. I think those sponsorship deals will eventually come back. And they may be bigger, especially if Kyle Larson shows a lot of the real change that those of us who have really been paying attention have seen so far. Yeah, that's I think a good point. Bradman kind of said it best. It's like, this is the best with young drivers and, and just, you know, and, and even though they're young, they are still established drivers. The best that, that Hendricks probably had it with two main leaders of an organization since Gordon and Johnson were racing and were younger and, and earlier in their careers. Uh, I, I don't think that Larson's going to set the world on fire right away. Like, I think he, I, playoffs should bare minimum should be the goal. Make playoffs and, and I think, you know, get past the round of 12, basically, because that's the problem they had or he's had the last couple times. Uh, I, I think that... He's. I, I'm personally picking him right now to win the dirt race at Bristol. Uh, I, now yep. watch, I get completely yeah. proven wrong, and people make a compilation on how many times I say this. I, I think it's either gonna. It's gonna be. He's the favorite, but I think a Christopher Bell could easily, like, give him a give him a young for sorry, uh, a, a run for his money. I think you know something like that could happen. My my big question though about how his performance will be because he started off people forget he started off this year really good he was I think like sixth in points before uh, the COVID apocalypse hit and he looked like he could be up there with Blaney and Bowman and and Harvick as and Logano as the guys who could run for the championship of course you know we know what happened and then with Kenta jumping in the forty two and being off you know out not being you know. At, that good let's be honest. he's been like, bad he's, he's been, been bad he's been bad he's been tra- <laughs> i'm trying to be nice oh oh we lost Jarrett for a second are you back i think he's back yeah i'm back you, okay you just like good. robot sped up talked in my ear yeah yeah I, I don't know what's up with it um it's it's all obs right now um but i'll just keep going so what i'm worried about is you know they talked we talked about it a little earlier in the year they're gonna have less wind tunnel time uh at they're going oh yeah less, i think it's Dang, like i forgot 10, about that is it 10 less hours that they're gonna have and while that yeah. doesn't seem like much in the grand scheme of things it's gonna be a lot you know like, well like, the end of the year think of it like this this year they would obviously stepped it up they've got two guys who could potentially be 
upsets for the championship four, but they're still not to like championship threat level by any means. No, not at all. And then ne- then next year, you know, they got one guy coming back in NASCAR hasn't only ran four races this year, and I don't know. It'll be interesting. But they did get a big pickup this week by getting Rudy Fugel over there. But that's obviously for another driver, but still, he's a big asset. That's actually a good segue into what I wanted to talk about next. Like, how do we think that, um, I mean, how do we think that that Hendrick's going to do with him coming on over? He's going to be for uh, William Byron, if I'm not mistaken. I could could be. I've been on and off. I think it's a a huge step in the right direction, but I also think it's like you're taking William Byron and you're pairing him up with the guy who had – one of the most consistently dominating runs that he's had in his entire career. Like, granted, he won the Xfinity Championship. That Truck Series run was arguably much better than that Xfinity Championship year. So, I think basically Hendrick is throwing all that they got at William Byron and basically saying you need to step it up this year because you're four years in and still, still not looking like you're, you know, where you need to be. Yeah, I, I yeah, think it's I think... now or never for him. Like, if he, if with this, if he doesn't, if he doesn't perform with a crew chief that he's shown to have good chemistry with before, or if he gets worse, like that's the that's the nightmare scenario for him. Is if he gets worse in the next yeah. year or two, it's not going to be a positive outlook. If I'm William Byron, and Hendrick still has the number eighty-eight, they think they still have the number twenty-five. They've got both of those. If they decide to run. Five part-time starts with a Noah Gregson to get him some cup experience. I'd be a little bit worried next year. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think I think Rudy Fugel was the honestly a, the best guy for the job. I mean, you're trying to replace Chad Knauss, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, you know, I didn't think there was any way they could find anyone close to his caliber. And I'm not saying Rudy Fugel is, but you mentioned the the chemistry he's shown with William Byron in the past was it 2016, right? They won seven truck races. They blew up in like that second to last race, not a, yep. you know, just a fluke field. So they didn't win the championship, unfortunately. Um, that was before the the regular season playoff points and everything matter, which is why I prefer the current playoff format over the the old playoff format. But anyway, but that that's different conversation. But anyway, yeah, I I I was very impressed with Byron when he was in the trucks and when he came up to Xfinity, and he has not impressed me at all in Cup. And he's worked with Chad Knauss for almost two years, I guess. And and, and next year he'll be with Rudy Fugel. I'm with you guys. He needs to show some improvement. This year he definitely showed a little bit of improvement, winning a race, albeit Daytona, and making the playoffs. Um, but I need to see a little more next year. He's the only guy at Hendrick I'm not fully sold on yet. I'm obviously sold on Chase. He's a championship contender. Larson, we already know. Alex Bowman, I, 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 this year I've sold me. I thought last year might have been a fluke. This year proved it wasn't. I'm sold on Alex Bowman. I'm not sold on William Byron yet. He's the only one I'm like, I'm, I, I, we give him some leeway because he's the youngest of the group. He's the least experienced of the group. But if you go from Chad Knauss to Rudy Fugel, who's won multiple truck championships, won a bunch of truck races at Toyota and KBM, uh, we, you know, there should be an expectation that comes with that. So hopefully he meets it next I, year. I just think that only one win on a super speedway isn't going to cut it for keeping your ride long-term at Hendrick. Um, yeah, Bowman's not that good, but he's still out there contending for wins on mile and a half, which is arguably where NASCAR is competing the most, and that's where you need to be the most consistent on. David? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, that's I, I think I agree with all of you that William Byron is definitely the weak link of that four. I think, Danny B., you just talked about it. Um, you know, you can't really get away with, with kind of some of the seasons that Dale Jr. had because William Byron is not Dale Jr., you know, you can't just 
go to Hendrick and expect that your spot is safe anymore. Uh, and, and certainly I think looking at some of those guys like Noah Gregson, uh, you know, I think they're getting ready for prime time. And, um, you know, if they keep performing like the way that they are, you're going to have to make a move at some point because mm-hmm. uh, I think Hendrick Motorsports has certainly got the, the people, got the funding, got the expertise, and certainly has the expectations to have all four cars in the playoffs every single year. Like, I think that's, that's like the expectation every single year I, should be for that team. I, you know? I kind of hate the four-car role in a way because I, I'm fi- I'd be fine if we're going to see more – truly good competitors getting the chance to have rides, but it's like we're we're forced in a situation where you do have to expect more to keep people where they are. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was one of the, I think that was a change they made when they went to the charter system um, where they, where they limited uh, the one-off races. Cause I think if you guys will remember, they entered the 25 car uh, a couple of races for Chase Elliott the year before he went full time. Uh, and that, that stuff was cool. I, I kind of missed that. I remember Penske entered Juan Pablo Montoya in a couple of races too, which yeah. was really fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, even – He did. Yeah. And even even Ryan Blaney drove that car for a brief period at time that season. And Sam Hornish, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they yeah, those are fun. Those kind of one-off entries are fun. I miss, I miss when that was a more regular thing in NASCAR, that's for sure. All right, we have one, we have enough time probably for one more story before we go to lightning round. Uh, but for that, read well. What's super chats? The super chats are disappearing, so I apologize to everyone. If I see a croissant in there, I'll take a bite. I've been doing that. Uh, I see Danny laugh every time I do it. <laughs> but Blake Raymer is the only one that's showing up on my screen right now. We have five Canadian dollars and says thoughts and prayers for Chase Briscoe and his wife today had another miscarriage. Uh, yeah, that. That's, that's just horrible. I'd see um, that. If, yeah. if 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 you guys aren't if you guys aren't rooting for him to win a championship this season, I don't know what's wrong with your heart because that's definitely who I want to see win now. Yeah, I thoughts Agreed. all of our thoughts and prayers are are with the Briscoes uh, right now. Um, let's really quick. Let's get uh, one more story in here beforehand. This one uh, because because we only got about five minutes for lightning round, so this one's a bit of a shorter one, but. Uh, it kind of hits home for me going to Chicagoland a lot. Uh, from the Herald News, Chicagoland Speedway president Scott Paddock is leaving the track. This is already on top of the fact they're not getting a cup race next year uh-huh. and on top of the fact that they have no staff currently at the track. You can, I mean, I do not – Yeah. I'm going to say right away, there. I don't say to do this, but I'm saying that between Reddit and YouTube and Twitter, there's been a lot of people just walking in and out onto the track. It's – no one's there. It's it's basically a ghost town now. And yeah, like like David just said, the writing's on the wall. There, you have no event. Your president just left. Why is there any reason to continue? Well, and yeah, he, yeah, it's he uh, a sinking uh, ship too. Yeah, that, they usually they mean? usually hire a, a a president or a CEO right before things get bad. Unfortunately, that that I I see that happen a lot in corporations. Um, I did see you mention the, the, the again, uh, I totally disavow this, but if somebody were to, might not be a bad idea for to bring a, a drone or something and document the track uh, with some glorious HD footage because um, I don't think this is going to be a Nazareth situation. I think when it goes, it's going to be pretty quick. Um, so I, I, I because we, we had those leaks earlier in the year of, uh, I think it was an industrial park or something that was, uh, warehouses and things as well yeah right so yeah it, 
it doesn't it doesn't look good for Chicago land and and you know it wasn't the greatest track in the world uh, but there were certainly some good cup races there there were some good IndyCar races there too um, but it's I think it's always sad to see a racetrack go away in a market that really doesn't have any other racing and and also to to mention that that Chicago land going away also means that they're losing a drag strip so this hurts the NHRA as well. Um, and all the people who work there, like you said, it's just, it's really a shame when we see those sort of things. Cause I think we need more jobs in the, in the, uh, auto racing industry, not less. And so when a track goes away, that's a lot of jobs that are suddenly going poof. Well, I think, uh, between the two tracks that we lost this year, I would say Kentucky Speedway has a better shot of coming back than Chicago land, honestly, which is kind of surprising because Kentucky Speedway is literally out in the middle of nowhere. Chicago land's obviously in a big metro area, but, uh. I would say I would say Kentucky Speedway's got a good chance coming back. And to you know, further point on what David was saying, a lot of jobs being lost, and yeah, it's really you know it sucks. But you know, I'm personally saying the Nash Nashville area is got a big boost in the right direction from Nashville Super Speedway coming back. Because from what I understand, having talked to some of the people over at the very small team that's over there right now, I think it's like only like five or six people to be honest with you that's over at Nashville Super Speedway right now. But from what I've talked to them in just a short, brief period of time, uh, they're looking at transforming that place into more than just a one rate, one NASCAR race a year. They're looking at potentially, you know, now that we have COVID to worry about, Nashville wants to have events. They want to have venues, and they're looking to utilize it as like an outdoor event space where they can properly like space people out. And I think that's a good idea. That's smart, uh, especially with, with the climate as it is right now and then especially in the racing world and in nascar how it is right now uh, you could get away with one or two events a year when you were selling you know hundreds of thousands of of seats or a hundred thousand seats and then you also had even more tv money rolling in um but you just you don't have the sponsorship coming in and helping out and filling a lot of gaps so i think that's smart and i think that was chicagoland's biggest sin is they just they left it there all year uh so i I think that's a smart move to do um hopefully it works out and it's not just a a ghost town after the four or five years or whatever uh that the contract ends out being Um, i just just personally it just sucks seeing chicago and go because it it was a good racetrack and and there's a lot of um there's a lot of character in the infield especially too having gone there in the infield for uh, believe this would have been my 14th or 15th straight year uh it was it was really fun so i i just i hope that uh everyone who was there in those last couple years enjoyed it i I know i sure did uh between slide job and then bowman's win and the fact that uh, i i don't know if i told this story before but the story of the of the brant tent in the infield have i told that one no i think so (laughs) so you remember last year's Chicago Land Race? And by the way, I will read all these super chats right for the lightning round, so don't worry. Hey, can, 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 can I go ahead and answer one of those for you? Uh, yeah, sure. I only have one of them up right now. Okay, because Evan White gave you $699 Canadian dollars. Uh, he said, do you think a high horsepower slash high downforce could be interesting? Uh, just go back and watch 2014 and then tell us what you think. To that degree, yes. Don't do what they did in 2015 at Indian, Michigan. Those were some of the worst races, I think, of the last decade. Um, there's, there's, there's a certain point for each of them. Uh, but really quick, the story about the Brant tent. So in the infield, uh, last year, Brant had this huge tent. I mean, it took up like 
you know, and it was it was through turns three and four. So there's a tunnel, and then there's like a quarter of the corner there is segmented off as as fan area. So Brant bought up those areas and placed a giant tent there where their workers would go into. There's like free food. There's you know free their TV stuff like that in there. Well, I know a lot of you guys uh, at home, and I know you guys all here were watching last year when that big storm rolled in that was like, you know, I was tweeting about it and, and everything at the track. And we're sitting in our motorhome looking down the way, and they had everybody from inside the tent on the outside of it holding it down so it didn't blow away because it almost blew away before. So they had like a 100 people literally out in the freaking storm getting pelted with hail so they could keep this damn tent from flying away and not having another orange incident. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I wish I wish I could have like a picture to show you how big this tent was because it was it was like you remember in like gym where you'd have that multicolored thing and everyone would lift it up and then go underneath it. Like, do you guys know what I'm talking about with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It was like it was like they were around it like that, and then you'd see these people like getting picked up off the ground and falling back down, <laughs> hail coming through, hundred mile an hour wind, and it's I guarantee someone goes. You're, you are keeping this thing down, or I am firing you. You're not showing up to work on Monday. It's one of the funniest things. Sorry. I, I had to say Jeez. it because I always love telling that story, even if it's it's funnier when you see it in person. Um, but, yeah, so really quick, I'll, I'll read off these Super Chats. GN with the $5 Super Chat says, Briscoe showing grit after beating Bush at Darlington after the awful news earlier this year turned me into a fan of his. Hate to hear it. Yeah, and that's that's where we are. And that's how that, that race is what sold me on Briscoe. Uh, being legit is when he, you know, did not have the better car and he still beat Kyle Busch at Darlington. Uh, Kyle Kies, uh, Kieskin says, uh, well, they take away my home track. At least the Brickyard is a road course, so at least that'll be interesting. Um, Mark B, $2, says, Chase Elliott's pit crew blew another race. Croissant. Mm. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm, I feel for you. Bite. Well, I don't really. That's, your that's your beard's going to taste like that for about a week. <laughs> I might shave it in a week if it does. <laughs> <laughs> I might show up. My friends will be like, you haven't been like that in a year. Ethan Kane for the 499 Super Chat says, For David, why is it that IndyCar has been taking oh. these tracks like Chicagoland off the schedule the last 10 years? I think it's hurt these tracks. Uh, well, I don't know if that necessarily, I don't know if it's necessarily hurt the tracks because the way that it, the reason IndyCar was there back in the day and the reason they had such big crowds, believe it or not, was because uh, in the mid two thousands, when NASCAR was absolutely at the peak, uh, and you know, they could do anything to sell tickets at many of those tracks, like, uh, like Chicagoland uh, and a few other, uh, like uh, Kansas was another one, uh, they would sell season passes to get cup tickets. So you couldn't just buy cup tickets. You had to buy uh, trucks, Xfinity, and the IndyCar tickets. It was like a whole package. Um, so really, the IndyCar races that they ran at Chicagoland uh, were always kind of uh, contingent on cup. Now, that being said, I think that uh, the fact that, that IndyCar doesn't race at tracks like Chicagoland is a bit of a shame 
because certainly, I, I mean, you guys probably know well, well, are well aware of what my thoughts are on the IndyCar schedule for this year. Uh, the, the lack of ovals is certainly concerning. Um, and the fact that there are at least two tracks now without cup dates that are, uh, at least in the past were compatible with Indy cars. Yeah. It's disappointing. Um, do I think that, that an Indy car race would save Chicagoland? No, because that same thing's happening in Iowa and, uh, Iowa essentially told, uh, Indy car that, uh, or no, well, Roger Penske was thinking about buying Iowa and then discovered they were, uh, they were in some tax trouble or some, uh, some financial trouble and didn't buy it. So that that's, what's going on there. So I, yeah, I, I don't think a, a, a noble track is outside of Indianapolis, of course, is, is totally it's survival is tinged on an IndyCar race being run there or not. A real quick, Mike Klein with the $5 super chat says Kentucky Speedway is actually within a 45-mile drive of Louisville and Cincinnati, so it's not necessarily in the middle of nowhere. Uh, super sticker for $10 from my grandmother. Uh, hey, Grandma. In 22 seconds, you will see that I read this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, $10 from Irvin Alvarado says, Hey, David Land, love your videos on St. Pete and Road Atlanta. If NASCAR goes to a street course, where do you think it's best suited, uh, or where do you think it's best suited track for them to try out would be any modifications to the the race suitable? Um, I guess where where's where the best oh. place for a NASCAR street course? A street course. Well, I mean, the the great thing about street courses is you're not limited to ones that exist currently. So I, you know, honestly, with NASCAR. I would love to see them go to a street circuit in a city that hasn't been tried before. Um, so if you could do like, you probably couldn't do one in New York city, but if you could do one in, in New Jersey, maybe uh, get, get some of, get the New York city si skyline in the background. That would be cool. Um, if you could do Miami, that would, well, I guess there's a race in my a cup race in Miami. So probably not, that's probably not a good idea, but I, I think if you did a street course race for NASCAR, I would want to see them, try to expand into a market that either doesn't have racing or at least doesn't have NASCAR. I'd like to see a new event created um, with, with kind of NASCAR's pull, but, but if not, if we're just sticking to temporary courses, I'd like to see them try the airport in uh, Cleveland <laughs> just so we can have that race back. Cause I think, I think uh, cup cars on an airport would be incredible. What do you guys think? I actually, I never really thought about that, but that is a cool idea. I, I, there was the reports a while back that, that NASCAR was interested maybe in Chicago, a street course around Chicago. They mentioned Soldier Field. Um, that is in Chicago, right, Jared? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. yes. Okay. I'm going to make sure I got my city right up for a second. I, mean, I was like, oh, crap. Wait, am I completely off on this? It's yes, where I, the Bears play. Even yeah, though I'm yeah, not okay. a Bears fan, I, it sucks the way that they treated the, that, uh, the architecture of that one, um, to say the least. Uh, you no. Watch your Nating Trees video if you want to know what, what I'm talking about. Well, that fits. That fits. Stadium. That fits with what David's saying there is a, a track or a city that doesn't really have a, you know, there isn't a street course there that's being run or anything like that. And NASCAR, if they do get rid of Chicago and speed, it would be nice to not leave the Chicago area entirely. So that's a possibility. I want to go on a limb here and suggest a market that's not being targeted by really any kind of motorsports that I can think of. And it definitely has a great atmosphere and that's New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. Not a lot of room in the French Quarter for race cars, but I'm sure they could fit, find a way, way to make something happen. Find a way, but that would be a good market. Well, I mean, the, the thing about street course racing is, 
you, you, uh, it's amazing. St. Petersburg. I, I just went to a street course race, as, uh, as uh, maybe some of the chat knows. Uh, the the St. Petersburg street race, there's really only a couple of roads that get blocked off. It's really not as oppressive as you kind of think it would be. Um, and most of the life in the city continues on. So if you did run a race in Chicago or New Orleans, it's not like you're shutting the whole city down. You would be able to find probably a string of roads where you could have a nice competitive racetrack. And it would be, and that what the cool thing about street racing is, which again, this was about the first street race I've ever seen in, in person, is you can walk away from the track and a block away is a great restaurant that you can eat at. And there's entertainment and, and all the stuff that you would want to have at a real racetrack, but it's already integrated. You don't have to pay to build any of that stuff. You, all you have to do is bring in the concrete blocks and, uh, and bring in the haulers and you've got a, a race ready to go. So that's kind of the cool thing about street racing. And like Eric said, I think, yeah, I think Chicago would be probably the number one, actually, now, now that I think about it, because that's a huge market. That's one that you're leaving currently. Uh, and it would be something new that you could try. Uh, let's see a little more here. Uh, Super Chats, uh, Stratus, DSYR, uh, $5 says, um, do you think IndyCar going to spec chassis in 2018 was a good move? Uh, do you think also IndyCar would ever go back to Rio? Okay, so, well, I mean, they didn't go, they went to spec bodywork in 18. They went to spec chassis in 2012, really, and, and really before then. I mean, there hasn't really been chassis competition in IndyCar since about 2006, 2007. Uh, Rio, uh, well, I mean, it depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about the city, Rio de Janeiro, maybe. Um, certainly, you'd have to find a new facility because the, the, the old Rio track they ran there uh, it got bulldozed for the Olympics several years ago. Um, so it would be tough. Uh, I, I hear F1's thinking about leaving Interlagos. So maybe an IndyCar race at Inter Interlagos would be really awesome. And I think you'd get a lot of uh, goodwill with the Brazilian people if you went to a track that F1 uh, may or may not be abandoning. Hey, Jared, I got two things. One, is it your 21st birthday today? No. Uh, it will be on Sunday. Uh, Okay, well, you got an early super chat there. Uh, right. Also, also, Corey LaJoy just tweeted out at 10.07. In other news, plane is busted, looking like another night in Texas and another oh. breakfast burrito from Boosies, he says. Bucky's. Or bu Bucky's, that's how you say it. What did you just say? I don't know, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I even know how oh, to God, say Bucky's. Come I've, on, I've pissed Danny off B. the Texas man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I will say this. They're, they are building a Bucky's in Florida. And I was I was so excited when we were driving by there and it's not open yet. I was like, oh man, I just want the Bucky's caramel corn. It's all Eric's legitimate they Eric's work. legitimate not coming back now. <laughs> yeah, he left. You 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 literally got him off the call because he he's, he's probably about to go get something Bucky's and shove it at my face. <laughs> <laughs> well while he does that, let's read off some of these super he, chats. He's, he's, uh Stream Cheese 199 says how about a points race outside the US? Probably after the COVID stuff goes uh away that'd probably be something we can try out I, probably canada first everyone alvarado with five dollar super chat says uh if you want new york city in the background uh have a race at we we Weeha hawken new somewhere in new jersey uh close close to my backyard supposed to be an f1 track uh but see uh bernie eckstone's ego uh and no money mad face 
Uh, Ronnie Checker says NASCAR should race I-4 in Orlando. Chris Hunt for Danny B. Oh, gosh. He went and got it. Okay. There's no there's no K. How can it be Bucky's? <laughs> there's no K. Oh, I can't hear him. His mic's out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Okay, no, no but my, my that is my mother who left the $23 super chat. Uh, okay, so well, I, fig- I, fi- I figured better name. I figured yeah. better name. My mother is mother of all icebergs, so don't say nothing bad about me. Uh, don't say anything. Don't say anything to me that you wouldn't say in front of my mother. Uh, Evan Liu says Denver's got to be up there on street courses. Not really a racing market. Be interesting to see what attitude, uh, what uh, what the altitude would do to the teams. Also, croissant. They they did run a, a street circuit in Champ Car around uh, the Pepsi Center. So uh, there is a, there is, I mean, as long as they haven't really done a lot of construction over there, again, I'm not familiar with Denver. Uh, there's theoretically a precedent uh, with the local government that you could probably uh, just run the same street circuit for NASCAR in Denver if you wanted to. Uh, I, I just that, got that would be, that would be a market. That's how I say it. Okay, my bad. Uh, but thank you for those super chats. And uh, I guess, uh, Danny, what, 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 time, what time is it? I think, I think there's a bit of a rumbling. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm all the way up here in New Hampshire, and I think we're under some kind of a a, a severe blizzard warning now. I think it's uh, I think it's a with some lightning in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's thunder snow. With it's thunder snow. Lightning. That is actually real. Uh, living in the Midwest, thunder snow is real. Where you have a thunderstorm, but it's a blizzard. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lightning round. I've seen it before in Tennessee. It's really weird. It's funny you kept you kept saying I I like that as you're getting struck by the lightning on it. <laughs> it was perfect, perfect. Uh, but yes, it's lightning round time. All right, so here's what we got. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. Never never before have I been so glad to stutter a little bit. So. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I stutter too. Uh, so Matt Tift, BJ McLeod, and Joe Falk are uh, collaborating to run a NASCAR Cup Series team. Uh, looking towards next year, man. Everyone's just jumping in on this thing. Uh, thank you. Uh, Will Joshua. they be good? Uh, Will they be good? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Root Insurance has a new ad with Bubba Wallace, and it's it's making some waves around social media. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, <clears throat> these croissants are <laughs> they're like won't go all the way down, so I keep like having to stop. This, hey, this you need to drink. This is the small at Bucky's. I have yeah, plenty. There's Bucky's. plenty more where this came from. Oh my God! I will have a drink from Bucky's. That they don't have Bucky's in Tennessee. They don't have it in Illinois either. But I say it right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Okay, Go Fast Racing B- is going to scale back B- operations to a part-time. B U C K E Y. That's how you spell it. That spells Buckeyes. No, sorry. What did you say, Jared? We missed the lightning round. <laughs> Go Go Fast is uh, scaling back operations to a part-time team next year, which oh, sucks. Yeah. But uh, I'm pretty sure Corey Joy is pretty happy to, to jump ship from that. Uh, JRM. And I think we know why they why they mutually parted ways a couple months back. I think I think yeah. we kind of know why now. JRM late model driver Josh. Yeah, just Barry. go back and watch last week's episode. You'll get to. Josh Berry is going to drive the number eight Xfinity Series car in 2021 for, we have 12 races. 
Um, by the way, with Kyle Larson coming back, his Twitter has also come back too. So I noticed that. I'm like, I saw it in my timeline. I'm like, Kyle Larson. I'm like, that's a name I haven't seen on here for a long time. Uh, NASCAR premiered the 2005 Fall Texas race. Uh, Eric, that, that, that has no significance whatsoever to you, does it? That was the first race I ever went to in person. So it was fun to kind of reminisce. I don't remember a whole lot about what happened in the race other than Matt Kenseth led like a 100 laps to start the race and finish third and Carl Edwards won. I remember Roush was extremely fast. Mark Martin was fast. Biffle was all the Roush cars, I think, led laps at some point or another. So it was cool to first race, see Carl Edwards do a backflip. I don't actually remember seeing the backflip happened. I, I probably did, but it didn't stick with me as an as a seven-year-old eight-year-old uh but it was still cool cool that it happened and i was there so fun that nascar replayed that one uh keen parts will now be pulling out of their sponsorship in 2021 no garage access no racing in their words uh gms announces that sheldon creed and uh, tyler ankrum will be returning for another full-time season in trucks uh, Jimmy Johnson and Chip Ganassi Racing have found a sponsor for next year. It's Carvana, and I believe they announced he's also going to be driving the 48 next year as his number. Uh, so a little continuity there. Uh, and the 48 will run full-time as the plan. I don't know who else is going to be running the car, but it's supposed to run full-time. Uh, Kyle Larson uh, is going to be shutting down his dirt team at the end of the season, uh, which that, that coincides really nicely with what was announced today. Uh, Chase Elliott is actually going to be taking a break from social media, and I had to ask if he was there to begin with, because he doesn't really go on it, but I guess he does what a lot of us do in his browses. Um, so. Yeah, I think he, he sees a ton of stuff. The majority of what you see posted is from a PR person. That'll probably continue, but he's just not going to be on it as much, I think. Um, just letting people know, second half of the show, uh, which we, well, we're in, but after the lightning round and maybe one or two other stories right before picks, we're going to have the Jimmy Johnson interview. I see a lot of people asking. So Jimmy will be on. Uh, well, pre-recorded, but he'll be on. Uh, GN, uh, Casey Mears says, for $2, Casey Mears had a very fast car in the 05 Texas race. You are right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, this one, I had to actually go back and rewind really quick uh, when I heard about it because I, I wasn't paying attention to the rain delay at all. And then all of a sudden, I saw Twitter blowing up. Uh, Dale Jr. gave online creators a shout-out shout live, but he gave one in particular, Slap Shoes, a shout-out by name. Uh, and it was funny, I DM Slap, yep. like, yep. man, that's so cool. Like, you got a shout-out from Dale Jr. I am, like, both happy for you and incredibly jealous. And he's like, yeah, it wasn't really I feel like that's for the day. I feel like that's one of those things that someone might have come back and said hey you shouldn't have mentioned it by name but they'll just probably like i don't care it's dale jr why would he <laughs> uh the, i want to give some shout outs though right here uh, granted they're a bit of pay grade above me um but xfinity underdogs who had good runs this past weekend uh brandon brown got a top five finishing fifth ryan vargas finished eighth in the tiktok car uh josh williams finished ninth tommy joe martins finally had some good luck on his side this year and finished 10th. And then Bailey Curry finished 12th. Uh, so good job to those guys. Like I saw, because I, I, I wasn't able to watch it, but I saw Twitter afterwards and, and seeing how they all did. And that's just, that's awesome. Especially for Ryan. Like we all know Ryan, he's an awesome dude. So he's worked his ass off for this deal with TikTok and, and worked his ass off uh, just for this ride and for the, the opportunity he has right now. So to see it pay off is just, awesome like we've been able to see some of the stuff behind the scenes at least not well not all of it obviously but just so you know, here's some hearsay from him and it's just it's awesome just to see 
somebody that we're really good friends with do this well in the sport. Uh, let's see a little more here. Um, speaking of slap, I, I did want to point out he finished his Mark Martin series, really awesome series, uh, especially the end of the 09 episode. Uh, let's see, we got the Texas Victory Lane. It was announced would would be renamed into the Jimmy Johnson's Winner Circle. Uh, too bad he could not have went into it today. Uh, that that was a bummer. Uh, but I want to give a shout out too to Lefty uh, for designing that scheme. That's pretty badass. Uh, and then Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace ranks as NASCAR's most well-known driver, and polling suggests that the partnership with MJ uh, has a lot to do with it, and is putting NASCAR out to a broader audience right now. That that was I, I still so, surprised uh, me. He's, he's living in people's heads, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I said on my show several weeks ago at this point that Bubba Wallace is the closest thing NASCAR currently has to a household name. I, I, not, not necessarily because he's winning races out there, but he is a household name. People made fun of me for that. No, guys, people, for better or worse, they know Bubba Wallace's name. <laughs> you can't say anything positive about Bubba Wallace uh, no. without getting people. I mean, it's amazing. Like, and, and I, you know, I, I say every time I describe Bubba Wallace is I call him NASCAR star Bubba Wallace. It's it, and and star does not mean you're performing well. It means that people know you. Oh yeah, Danica and, yeah. Patrick was a was a NASCAR star. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. We got three more things here uh, to finish off the lightning round, and then we can get into a few more things. But uh, Planters is sponsoring Alex Bowen at Martinsville. And it's a good thing I wasn't on the infield because I would have to stay away from the eighty-eight car. Uh, allergies. Wonderful things. Uh, Kyle Let's Larson. all go nuts. Ah. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Singleton, $2 uh, Super Chat, says, My dream podcast guest, Daryl Walchup. I'll take note of that for next year. Uh, Giant uh, has a question for you, David. I'll read it right after we finish this because we just got two more things. Uh, Kyle Larson Goodness. is making his no World problem. Outlaws late model debut at Charlotte next Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so that's a pretty cool deal. And then... The last one, and I found this to be actually really, really classy of these sponsors. Uh, Clint Boyer has announced that he is going to have all of his previous 43 primary sponsors on his deck lid at Martinsville this Sunday. So, like, any of the ones he had, uh, all the way wow, up are going to be there. Five-hour energy, Jack Daniels, Cheerios, all getting that free marketing. Holiday <laughs> in. I mean, like, oh, all yeah. of them. Uh, so that's BB&T, cool. does BB, yeah, BB and T still around? Didn't they get merch in? Oh with someone? yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the lightning round. So, go wait, 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 are we gonna get five hour energy on the car? Yeah, that's how you get stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Furniture Row Racing rolling in their grave right now. <laughs> I just I just thought of that. Someone did a, a fake ad uh, where it's Clint Boyer running through the garage straight to uh, Jeff Gordon's hauler at Phoenix, and then it, it pans to Clint Boyer. I've got to get stuff done. <laughs> I know exactly who did that. That was back in the day. I think that was a guy named Orion who did that. It, it, I laughed my ass off the first time I saw that. Uh, but thank you guys for for the lightning round. Uh, really quick, there's two here that I can read. $5 from the Beeve24 says, Y'all think Bowman would have won if it weren't for the pit road uh, mishap with the 47. Greg I'll, Ives didn't tell him the 47 <laughs> would wait for I'll, him to leave. I'll be the first answer to that. No, he would not have. He still came back to finish third in that stage. Like, that did nothing to him, really. 
it was just, I mean, that was in stage two, and they just didn't have it in the last stage, so now he would not have. Uh, GN leaves this a question for David. Uh, how do you think Jimmy will do next year in IndyCar? I'd say one podium finish. Also, who do you think is going to run the ovals in the 48? Okay, so uh, Jimmy and IndyCar is an interesting quandary because in some respects, I think, I think, I think a lot of outsiders are probably going to look at him and even some people inside are going to go, okay, he's a NASCAR guy. He's probably not going to do very well. But to me, the guy is a champion for a reason. He's coming in extremely motivated. He's coming into a situation where he's got uh, Dario Franchitti, Scott Dixon, Mike Hall, Chip Ganassi, uh, a huge team, uh, a very experienced race-winning, championship-winning, Indy 500-winning drivers, team owners, and crew chiefs, and all that stuff, all working together with him. I think if he gets the testing that he needs, I think he's going to be on pace. I think one podium is a very reasonable expectation. Um, but, uh, I, I think he's going to impress some people, uh, as for the oval driver, uh, I think it's, uh, it's pretty common knowledge at this point that it's going to be Tony Kanaan, uh, finishing out his, uh, kind of final, final year this time, uh, with Chip Ganassi racing, which will be a super competitive ride. I think, uh, if we look at Dixon's pace, especially in the Indy 500 at Texas this year, um, and, uh, and I'll be honest with you guys, uh, with everything that Jimmy has said, and I hope this isn't a spoiler for what's about to come, but uh, I haven't seen the interview yet, unfortunately. Uh, but my, my opinion is that he will start testing on the ovals this year at some point, and he will run full-time uh, in 22. We'll see. We, we shall see. see. That'll be big news if that happens. We'll see. And we only got one more story before we get to the Jimmy Johnson interview. So it's, it's right around the corner, guys. Just dangling in that there. Just letting you know, all 700 of you. Uh, but we got. We wait through all the Bucky's drama and croissant jokes. <laughs> and that was some real. Have we had. A... Does Bucky's make croissants? Oh, I don't even know that. What if they do? That would be the crossover episode of the century. <laughs> all right. Well, Give us the news there, Jared. Well, MJ and Denny Hamlin's team name has been made official, and it's officially named 23XI Racing, aka 2311. It's amazing how many people don't know Roman numerals. Uh, they will I shuddered when you said XI. Like, it's, it's something that like 2311 doesn't sound bad, but also 23XI is also, ha it's also easy to say too. So either one, I'll probably, you know, you'll know what they're talking about. Yeah, uh, just say 2311. I don't, I don't know about XI. Yeah, no, yeah, a lot of people didn't get the Roman numerals thing. It's a cool looking logo. They, they, they produced that little 30 second video kind of hype, kind of exciting, you know? I don't know. It's, it's it's great. They got a team names to win to find out what the, who the crew chief is. That's when I'll really start to kind of we can really start to gauge what their performance is going to be. They're probably going to be good next year. TRD and everything sounds like they're going to be with them and every. But I, I want to know who the crew chief is going to be since it's not Jerry Baxter and it's not Rudy Fugel. Who's it going to be? Yep, David. I think. Uh, well, I mean, I I I think the logo kind of looks bad. Am I the only one? <laughs> kind of looks I, a little. I like the little tree. little Photoshoppy. I, I was the, expecting a little bit more. I definitely think it's a little plain, but I like that they inc incorporate sort of the Chicago Bulls red into the logo. I do like yeah. the color scheme. Well, I think we were all expecting that, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, like, yes, but no, it's you know, going to be the Wizards number, and it was going to be 45. <laughs> 45 11. <laughs> 
They're going to oh, run forty no. fifth. No, no. Oh no. No, no. No, no. No, they're gonna, they're gonna run the Bulls colors, but they're gonna have the forty-five, and it was only gonna they run got for in, like half a season. They gotta incorporate the forty-five somewhere. Didn't he? Would he wear forty-five with the White Sox or with in baseball? Didn't he? No, also, it was when he, when he came, came back to, to the Bulls. Yeah, they, no, they but retired I thought, twenty-three, and he had to wear yeah. forty-five until they unretired. Wait, wait. I was gonna but say. Hey, to I was gonna say he couldn't just take his old number back. I don't know what. That I think was it's playing. something with the league. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. I don't know. <laughs> well, I knew he did that. I was asking if he also, when he played baseball, his his not so glamorous baseball I'm career. He also wore forty five. Right yeah, I think he had twenty three. And the thing is, like, he was a good way, baseball player, but he like he would get hits because catchers would be like, the story was catchers would be so, um, like I guess mesmerized or in awe of Michael Jordan being there, they'd let him know the pitches. And he still sucked in baseball. Uh, he um, did. He did wear forty five in baseball. So we got to get the 45 involved on the car somehow. Maybe they'll start an Xfinity team one day and it'll be number 45. That's, I mean, that's going to be Denny's number when he ultimately leaves Joe Gibbs racing. Probably, yeah, I think so. Was Kyle when was the last time anybody even ran 45? Yeah, well, I guess it would have been Kyle Petty. Yeah, 2000. That's my guess. I have no idea. Or Chad McCombie. Anyone remember him? <laughs> Ooh, there's a reference. He played oh, Dale Oh, Jr. yeah, oh, yeah that's the – yeah. <laughs> alongside Barry Pepper. I don't that, know this that, story. That, that's the movie where we, where we, for whatever reason, had a sex scene of Dale Earnhardt and Teresa Earnhardt. What is the? I don't know what we're talking about. I'm, this Good. is a reference that's gone over my head. You need to watch the Dale Earnhardt story sometime. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. gosh. But I, I guess. Oh, uh, I, okay. I have. Yeah, I have not seen that. I guess I'm, I'm looking. It's on YouTube for free. You should. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking here, and I only got one open space outside of picks left. I don't think we're going to do picks until last. To, I think we got an interview left. Uh, what do you think? Should we, uh, should we head on over? Give sure, the people what they want. <laughs> so well, wait, get, let everyone know, when did you guys record this? <laughs> we recorded this about an hour before the original start time of the race. Uh, so you can actually hear... During the interview, you can hear the trucks in the background uh, going by towards the end of the truck yep. race because it was filmed with about twenty to fifteen to twenty to go with the truck race. <laughs> it's Which cool. also means that Eric was not there with us. Mm-mm. But I'm excited to see it along with every all seven hundred people watching at home. Well, I'm gonna meet you guys, and I guess we can just just uh, get right into it. So uh, y'all, y'all are muted, so say all you want to mess with me or not. Uh, but yeah, let's get it right on into it. This is our interview. This is our inter- Stop saying croissant. This is our interview uh, with Jimmy Johnson. Welcome, everybody, once again to another interview on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. This one's a really special one. We have 83-time cup winner, two-time Daytona 500 champion, and seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Real good. Hope you guys are, too. Oh, we are. We are. Uh, to, to just start up and get right into it, you know, this season's your final season. And I wanted to ask, how has the response from fans this year really impacted you on, you know, how your legacy is going to be? How, how has it kind of changed that in any way? Yeah, this year, I mean, we, we fortunately had four or five races to start the year before the pandemic hit. And I was just overwhelmed with emotion uh, the tributes that have been uh, been put in place from tracks, uh, fans, the signs that I saw in the stands, the fan uh, cheering me at driver intros, you know, it was uh, it was really special to to have such um, 
just such interest and in, and honestly such positive vibes coming from the group. And then of course things all changed and we had the lockdown and now we're slowly getting fans back at track. And I really do appreciate their um, their efforts, their uh, positive vibes and all that's coming with it. It's not the year we planned it to be, but um, I, I do feel uh, the support and um, getting you know plenty of recognition for my final full-time year in Cup. Uh, Jimmy, this year has been you know emotional for everyone, but over the last few years, I know a lot of fans who just started watching NASCAR 2016, 2017, 2018 prior. Now, me and Jarrett here, we had the opportunity to see you definitely at your peak when you were winning consecutive championships. Um, however, for a close uh, cousin of my wife, Crystal, she became a fan of yours in 2018. Now, for someone like her, obviously, the last few years haven't been, they've been great, but they haven't been as good as they once were. So my question really is, for fans who just started watching, when they think of greats that they know of, like a Dale Earnhardt, like a Tony Stewart, like a Jeff Gordon, where do you want your legacy to fall on when they think of you, even if they didn't start watching until later on? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard for me to say where I think I should be. It's just weird kind of, and then two, I don't think that way. You know, I don't think along those lines, uh, but I can tell you that the fact that my name's mentioned with those names just is the coolest thing ever. It blows my mind. Um, I grew up in Southern California, grew up racing on two wheels, racing dirt bikes. My mom was a heavy, I'm sorry, my mom was a uh, school bus driver. My dad's a heavy equipment operator. So I had the humblest of beginnings to get started and to have my love of racing take me all around the country and end up where I have. I have so out, out exceeded my expectations or dreams. Uh, it's just been the coolest, wildest ride. And sure, you know, there, there was a point in time where uh, the wins and championships just, just seemed to happen. Um, I still wish that was the case today, and I'm certainly putting in the effort, and so is my team to do so. Just the timing of all those pieces aren't there. Um, and it's, it's been, a, been a rough couple of years, and I hate that my final year has been this way. Um, not only the pandemic, but the performance hasn't been where it, uh, where we want it to be, but I've got three more races left. I'm going to give it everything that I can and hopefully get back to victory lane and then, uh, start checking some bucket list items off my list as I move into, uh, 21 and 22. So that actually goes right on into what we were going to talk about next, next year, you're heading over to IndyCar. Uh, you've ruled out racing on the ovals at this time, but you did mention potentially testing on one. How far have those discussions gone? That's really the, the extent of it. The car that I'll be running in plans to run a full season. So there will be some oval tests available to the team. And I, I, you know, in a single car test session, um, I'm plenty comfortable to go do that. I would like to experience it so that I can make a better uh, based on my comfort for those fast high-speed ovals. Uh, so it's an exciting time, but there's still business at hand here in the NASCAR world. Um, I need to get back to victory lane. Um, I want to close this year out, out well and um, enjoy, you know, enjoy as much as I can with my family and friends right now. Jimmy, in terms of your IndyCar ride, first of all, congratulations on the new sponsor, Carvana. Happy to see them entering the racing world. But when it comes to that ride, was there ever any better option than Ganassi with Dario and Dixon over there to help you out? I fortunately had some, some great interest from very high-caliber teams in IndyCar. You know, at the end of the day, um, I just really felt like the relationships I have at CGR from Dario, Dixon, Doug Ducart, Mike Hole, um, there's some, just some guys in there that I know, uh, Chip himself, that 
that it was just the best home for me. And I feel like having Scott Dixon as a friend and a coach to really mentor me through uh, a rookie season, help me learn these cars and understand what to look for. I just felt like that was really invaluable and, and something I couldn't pass up. Well, Jimmy, there's been a lot of fans that have really been interested in your season and especially in this interview here today. Uh, so here's a, we got a few questions from some of them. Uh, so starting off, Jonathan Kay asks, question for the GOAT, who do you think the GOAT is? It is such a, and I've never been one that thought there was the GOAT of baseball, football, basketball. Like I, there's always somebody else coming along. So I've never been a, uh, a fan watching using that lightly or, or trying to pick someone because everything's progressing. So that's just, that's just me. Um, you know, in our, in our, in our sport in NASCAR, it's so hard to pick, I think as well, because of the eras that the three names that typically come to mind, which are Petty or Hart and myself, I couldn't have done it in Petty's era. I don't think I could have done it in Richard's and in, in Dale's era. I don't think they could have done it in mine. It's just the game keeps changing and what it takes to be successful today with data Richard Petty was not going to stare at data and not drive a simulator and dig into all those things. So like, it's, they're just different animals. And I wasn't going to live on the road a hundred weeks out of the year, working out of hotels on my, my race car myself. I mean, I can take them apart, but I can't put them back together. And so they're just different generations and different ways to go about it. So um, I, I don't know if I can pick one. It's just too hard to do. Well, uh, we have another one here. That's kind of a combination of two different ones. Um, one, what was your favorite win, and which championship has meant the most to you? I'd go first. First win, first championship. First win, I, I honestly felt like if I didn't win in 02, I wouldn't have a job. And my dream was to win a cup race. So I, I checked two boxes quick then. And then my first championship, we came close in 04 and 05, and uh, things just kind of fell apart late in the year. And I wasn't sure we would have another look at a championship. They don't, they don't come every day and I had no idea what was in store for me in the future clearly so uh the first win first championship those those moments were the biggest for me and then our last question is from a friend of ours and a fellow youtuber and a huge huge fan of yours michael Mrutz. guys of the nascar weekly podcast were nice enough to allow me to ask jimmy one question so jimmy how do you feel your time in nascar has affected you, the person. It's a person, man. It is. Uh, it has taught me so many lessons and has helped me dig deep. I've, I've grown in so many ways, personally and professionally. It's provided so much for for me, for my family. Um, I've spent when I look at my Xfinity days, twenty one seasons in the NASCAR world. So, you know, that's it's a, almost half of my life and. I think of the fact that I met my wife during this period of time, my closest friends that I have now, my children, all that has been during this NASCAR, NASCAR era. And, um, you know, you want to say that you don't take work home and those two worlds don't combine, but it does, you know, so the, the lessons I've learned professionally have helped me personally and personally have also helped me professionally. So it's, it's a lot of who I am today. I'm very proud of that. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end off. Thank you, Jimmy. Is there anywhere that you want people to watch out for you to do anything on social media, uh, anything, any special announcements coming up, anything like that? Well, the big one we let out of the bag yesterday, which was our, our IndyCar sponsor in Carvana. I'm very excited to have them on board and uh, we'll have a lot of show content being pushed out on our channels and, and on Carvana's uh, here in the near future. 
All right, sounds good. Well, thank you for this interview. And now back to the show. We're back. All right. Yeah, so I saw that uh, we we were watching. We watch our interviews because the glass, the water is very clear on our end. Um, but yeah, we, we we thank God we didn't spoil that secret for you. Uh, yeah, we did get Michael on, and uh, keep an eye out on Michael's channel uh, in the next. I day lost or Jared. Two. We got yeah, Michael, we but lost. we lost Jared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Keep keep an eye on Michael's oh, channel. Back in the next like day or two, just saying. Uh, our internet connection's unstable. It'll all, like after the stream all plays out and everything, it should be okay. Um, but yeah, so. Hold on, I'll let everyone know right now. Refresh. Uh, but this, uh, the OBS has been going on and off. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but it's coming up. I think it's right honestly now. their, I think, I think it's honestly their most recent update it hasn't been well for you for some reason yeah it's my computer that's probably the biggest problem but we're back on right now um we're good to go it you know it's all good uh so yeah i i guess we got a little bit left just like i said keep an eye on michael's channel it, it there's something cool coming up uh but before we can get to tomorrow or the day after uh i'd say go and uh well give us your picks because uh, we're going to be starting off those right now uh, so yeah, David, you know how this goes. Who's going to suck Dark Horse win? And then we also ask for the consensus of the, uh, we ask for the consensus of the chat now, because that's always fun. Uh, but you know, you're a guest oh, man. Boy. Start us off. Who's going to suck this week at Martinsville? Cause yes, there is a race in three days or four days. Uh, I know that's crazy. Uh, so am I limited to the playoff drivers? No, no, you can get no, you can have the whole field. Oh my god, the whole field. Quinn oh. Half, if you're really feeling dangerous. Oh, that's <laughs> like shooting a fish in a barrel. Come on. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I will go with playoff guys because I think it's going to be very important. I mean, that's going to be the storyline everybody's looking at. Who's going to get in that final four? And I'm sorry, Kamikaze. I, I just have a feeling that Martin Truex is not going to make it. So I think he's going to have a, a, a bad day somehow. I don't think he's going to get that uh, three in a row. Uh, yeah, just I'm feeling Martin Truex Jr. for, for suckage. Eric? That is a bold pick. Okay, well, I'll, okay, but I'm going second. I'll also I'll stick with the playoff guy. Oh, I don't know, man. This – I'm just gonna go out of them. I'll go all in. Why not? It's for entertainment. It's for for, for YouTube here. Uh, I think I think Denny Hamlin struggles. He finished 24th here in the in the summer, this whatever it was, J J May June. I don't remember when they ran it. They finished 24th because they just didn't have speed. And obviously, Martin's so historically is one of Denny Hamlin's better tracks, but they just haven't run as well as they usually do during these playoffs. Three top tens in eight races. They got that win at Talladega on a technicality, I guess. Uh, I just think Hamlin. There's they don't have the mojo right now, and so. I don't necessarily know that he's going to fall out of the championship four. He does have like a 27 point cushion, but he's going to be in a vulnerable position. If someone like Truex or Chase Elliott gets the win, I think he struggles and runs outside the top 10 all day. I am actually going to agree with Eric on this one. I'm going to Denny Hamlin as well. Also just cause of a bad finish earlier this year. And obviously they did that without having a chance to practice in Martinsville. They don't get a chance to practice for it right here. And, not going to spell good things for Hamlin. And uh, I think it will be interesting to see, like, if he does bad, where does that open up for someone trying to get that last spot into the championship four? So we'll see what happens. 
Well, I'm going to stick with Playoff Drivers 2, but uh, mine, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the final. You hear is the final coffin and the nail of, of this guy's chances. Uh, there you go for another Jimmy reference for you. Final uh, coffin and the nail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to go, unfortunately, because I really like this guy, I'm going Kurt Busch. Uh, he just always seems to have struggles late in the playoffs, and I think that this year is going to be no different. I think he'll run well at a point, but it seems like he always has troubles in this last race uh, before the championship. And unfortunately, I think he's going to again. And then I was looking at the chat for a consensus on who's going to suck. Man, this one surprised me. Um, just because, not because of like performance or anything, but more just because of who it is. They picked Chase Elliott as the suck pick, which surprised mm. me. Mm. But. The chat has spoken. Your confused. consensus pick for who's going to suck is but the, Chase but, Elliott. But, They're going for a jinx. They're going but, for a jinx. But, That's uh, what's going on here. Eric, to be fair, we picked Denny Hamlin, and we know how his track record is here. True. All right, so, uh, David, go on first. Dark horse or underdog pick? And while David's giving this pick, leave yours in the comments. Ooh, a dark horse at Martinsville. You know what? Jeff Gordon... Got what? Didn't he get his final career win at Martinsville? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you were just about to say Jeff. No, no, no. Like, that would be going? that would be quite a that would be quite a pick, and I'm not really ready to go that dank. But didn't Jeff Gordon remind me if I'm wrong? I could be wrong. He did. Did he got his last win at Martinsville? Mm -hmm. I think he got to go with Jimmy Johnson. That's the dark horse. Dang, you stole mine. Yeah, there's <laughs> oh, not, no. not a lot of fanfare behind him. I mean, we just had him on this show. He's coming off another rough day at Texas, not by his own doing. But uh, I think rules package he's more familiar with. Racetrack he's run very well at in his career. It's a driver's track. Uh, yep, I think this is his last shot. I don't think he wins Phoenix. I don't think there's a chance in hell he wins at Phoenix during the championship. But Martinsville, I think he's got a real shot. I'm not picking him to win, but I think he runs top five and is there to make some noise if something crazy happens. I'll go Jimmy. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott on this one. I think this is his last chance to try to make a swing for it and earn his way into the championship four. I don't think he can make it on points, but I could see him being a dark horse to up, get the upset and finally get away at Martinsville in the Cup Series. He's come close in the past, and this could be his best chance. I'm going to stick with, uh, with the trend right now and go Hendrick Motorsports drivers, but I'm not going to go with the playoff driver, or at least someone that's not currently in. Um I'm going with William Byron. William Byron has run pretty fast here before, just can't put it together. Uh, I think that you know I, he he has the structure around him to give Chad Knauss one final win at Martinsville before he's done. And uh, in case anyone forgot, I didn't. Uh, the last time that we raced on November fourth was Jeff Gordon's last win, and uh, or no, November first, I should say, was Jeff Gordon's last win. Uh, and I think the twenty four will win again. So, Ooh, I'm yeah. what a pull. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I'm surprised with who I'm seeing as a big favorite as the underdog, and that's Bubba Wallace. Yeah, that's I saw in there. I mean, some people left a lot of Jimmy's, but Bubba was was the big pick uh, in the chat. So we're all picking Chevy. God, he did run good there in the spring, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He he was like top ten. He, his pit crew held him back because like every time he get up like sixth, fifth, or sixth, yeah. it was like his crew Ooh, oh. or his crew would have a bad one. Hey, before we go on, Michael Murray left the super chat. Go ahead and look at that one. Um, let me see. Oh, it just popped up. Four nine nine guys. That yeah. was. I mean, Jared. Yeah, I'm here. 
Okay, you, you, you kind of cut out on our end. But yeah, go ahead and raid Michael. So I'm, I'm, chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Um, Michael, okay. 499, thank you, brother. Uh, it says, guys, this uh, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. Thank you so much. Well, anytime, man. I'm glad that you got to be a part of it with us. Like, that's just... It, it was awesome. It's just uh, watching it was awesome behind the scenes. So, but the chat was like going nuts. I don't know if you saw, but the chat was going nuts. So, if you, if you get a chance to go back and watch through this, it'll. I, I think I think you'll like looking at, at what some of the stuff they were putting. Um, but now got one one more pick left. And then we're gonna throw in a little thing at the end of the picks. But one pick left. Who is gonna win this race? Not win. Win this race. Uh, David, lead us off, man. Uh, I think you got to go with Chase. I think he's in a win and get in situation. Uh, thank you, Mr. Dirtbike. I don't know if you that, but um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's Chase Elliott. I think the Hendrick cars are going to be strong, and I think he's going to be the strongest. We'll see though. We definitely heard a dirtbike too. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was on the stream. I'll go with another guy who. I'll go with another guy who needs to win. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the trend. Martin Truex Jr. showed a lot of speed at Texas. Didn't expect that. Um, but coming into the playoffs, I had Truex as one of the championship four finalists. I thought he'd have a slightly better run at Kansas and it would be in a little bit better points position than he is in now. But Martinsville was the big reason I had him moving on past this round. I thought he had a very good chance of winning. He won there early in the year. So I'll go Truex for my win pick. Allow the record to show I picked him to suck and Eric's picking him to win. So one uh, of us is gonna, it all checks out. One of us is in trouble. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's not alone because I'm also picking Martin Shirks Jr. to win. Back up. Podcast crew sticking together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I feel like Jimmy and IndyCar next year. <laughs> I'm going to completely secede from all of this and go with somebody that I know I'm not going to have a uh, very popular reception to in the chat with it. But uh, does anyone else remember that November 1st race at Martinsville in 2015? What, yes. what major moment happened? How could we forget? What major moment happened, Eric? Uh, I really wanted to make a joke. Like, if I could remember who said, gentlemen, start your engines, I would have pulled that reference out on you. But no, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, Logano had that race pretty much locked up until, until the old yellow devil got to him. <laughs> Yes, and uh, I, I, I want no to other nicknames. I want to ask you guys, you know, especially picking Truex, uh, who won the damn war? Oh, oh, <laughs> that is a good reference. Good job. That's a more recent reference. It should have gone with that one. Well, it was Joey Logano, and I think oh, the Joey Logano is going to win this race, spoil a bunch of playoff drivers' hopes and dreams. Probably Martin Truex Jr. because the universe has to curse Truex fans with that. And it's going to be amazing watching on Twitter when uh, everyone's freaking out about it. And Logano, or 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 if we want to go really fun with this one, Logano will be the reason that Chase Elliott doesn't make the Final Four because he'll probably move him out of the way for the win. <laughs> See, you like, I, I got to dig at all of you guys on that one. Um, oh but God. I'm going Joey, man. Eric, that's Joey. just who... That's just who Jared is. He loves to incite chaos. I'm an I think the croissants have gone to his head. Yeah. I mean, Kamikaze's video will be worth the price of admission. So, I mean, that's what I'm excited <laughs> for. Oh, if he knocks trades up. But, yep, that's my pick. And then I want, I want to throw this in right at the end. Let me see. I, I have my, my pick here. But I want to get your guys the same order championship four pick real quick. I'm not going to ask the chat because oh, I don't feel like putting that hey. together. 
I just I realized that we forgot the lightning rounds. So I want to go ahead and put this out there now. During the race today, they said everyone who actually came out and watched the rest of the Texas race today, uh, Texas Motor Speedway said that they're all going to get pit passes, and then NASCAR did something better and said that they will give all the people who's at the race today hot passes to the all-star race next year which indicates nascar seems to have indications of doing hot passes again next year at least by the all-star race could mean it, it could mean it doesn't start until the summer of next year might happen sooner we'll see what they do but that's a, a right now that seems to be their plan at least well i can tell you this danny b i, I was just at a race in florida uh Florida is pretty damn open right now, and <laughs> I, I I imagine, assuming that the trend continues, that we're going to be in for a pretty normal looking Daytona 500. <laughs> well, well I also want to tell all the you know there's maybe like 500 people at the race say all of you who may have hot passes for Texas next year, go watch my video from 2019. I did a whole video of what the hot pass experience is like at Texas Motor Speedway. So might go. give you some ideas of what you can expect. Look at that plug. Yeah, that was smooth. Thank you, Eddie Gossage, for that plug. That was, or I guess NASCAR, whoever it was. <laughs> you're taking, you're taking. Thank you, Mister NASCAR. Taking <laughs> away from my art of of great segues into something, but uh, good yeah. job, good job with that one. But real quick, final final four picks. Who do we got? Well, I'm just gonna put 22 across the board for all of us. I, I do copy these down yeah. so I can go back to reference in case. I want to talk crap like I did. I, I don't think the 22 will make it. I, I, I think they're going to have four different winners. Well, I'm well I mean, we could have a situation where they're adding, like, extra drivers in, like, uh, Richmond that one year. Yeah, they could, you they never could. know. <laughs> it's the 18 and a championship four because he won today. <laughs> okay. But real quick, so you guys have two spots left. So I'm, I'm picking the 22, the four, the 11, and the two. I think it's going to stay the same. So, David, you have the 22, obviously, in the nine. And then the uh, Danny yes. and Eric, you guys have the 19. So who is the other championship four drivers? Uh, David, start off, and then we'll go the same order as, as picks. Harvick and Hamlin. Pretty easy. I'll go Harvick, but I'll stick with my, my, my picks earlier. I think Hamlin maybe does collapse. If Truex gets the win, I think I think it's Harvick and Keselowski join Truex and Hamlin. Or Truex, and let me start with Logano, Truex, Harvick, and Keselowski. <laughs> Logano, Truex, Harvick, Kozlowski. Typical Denny Hamlin look. So we all have the 22 and the 4 for sure. Yeah. Okay. That went uh, smoother than I thought it would. (laughs) That's it. That's all we got. I guess we can talk about the next two weeks. That's all we got left unless there's a rain delay that postpones the finale a week. Don't you put that evil on us, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I'm just curious. I'm gonna go ahead and look, let's go ahead and just look up the forecast for Martinsville, Virginia, for the time being. Just for oh, God, pure research don't. here. Um, <laughs> Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night told me that Texas was gonna oh, be 70 and sunny. Well, so I don't know what happened? Be, be happy to ain't racing right now. There's currently a tropical storm warning issued for Martinsville, Virginia. So <laughs> oh no! This uh, car is coming but, to town. Uh, <laughs> but uh, actually, Saturday and Sunday look good. Only a ten percent chance of rain on those days. It's gonna be cold, but, but only a ten percent chance. It's too it's high. Killed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's just a ten percent chance of rain. It's, I said nothing about mist that the radar can't catch. More, more like a ten percent chance of racing, honestly. <laughs> well, uh, real quick, thank you. Forty-five M Mini Stock New Zealand. I think uh, 
it's in New Zealand dollars, five dollars. Uh, his pick is twenty-two, eleven to nine. Ooh, very, very out there. Well, I bet he's a Scott right. McLaughlin fan. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, I'm looking. I, well, I looked before the the podcast, and everyone was like, "Come on, for winner pick for this week, you have to pick the mist." It was out front more than anyone. Um, but yeah, that's 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 about it. I think. I mean, we got some stuff for uh, next week. Well, we know where we're going to be next week, hopefully, uh, unless we have to change the day. But uh, where David, are you going to be next week? Oh uh, well, we're well. I'll, I'll say that in a second, David. Where can people find you, man? Uh, where can they they find you on social media? You can find me. Oh, you can find me everywhere. You search David Land, L-A-N-D, like the ground. It's pretty simple. I think it's nine letters, if I can remember my own name. Uh, big purple logo. Uh, if you want hot takes on racing, I'm kind of the place to be. We wrestle some jimmies. It's always a good time. Uh, yeah. Are you on Reddit? No, I, uh, <laughs> not officially. I do have a burner account I troll people on sometimes, but that's about it. They don't know that. Uh, they don't know that. That's all right. I, I never said that. To okay. Allegedly. <laughs> who, who, who doesn't have a burner at this point? You have to in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, really quick, we got two more episodes left this year. Can't really spoil any of the guests yet. Uh, you know, still working on some of that. Uh, but next week, we're going to be the final time this year. Uh, thank you, Irvin Alvarado, for the $5. Says next time. Breakout Jim Cantori for any weather phenomenon like the Mist 500. Yeah, maybe. Um, but next week, we're going to be for the final time this year on Danny B's channel. I believe that's November 4th. Nothing significant could be going on next week. Uh, so watch the podcast. Um, so yeah, we'll be on Danny's channel. And then November 11th, after the finale at Phoenix. Let's hope it happens because you never know. It could Mist in Phoenix. Uh, look at 2015. Uh, we'll be on Eric's channel for the finale. Can't really spoil yet who any of the guests would or wouldn't be. Um, we'll just we'll let you guys know. Partially as because we, go. we literally do not know. <laughs> yeah, we, we have some big plans, but like I mean, we, we 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 might send out some invitations. We don't know who who will come. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm I'm actually telling the truth. We have some plans, but we don't actually know who it is because there's. Yeah. There's just no way to know who, who we might get for that last show. But we got big plans for the finale. Yeah, wink, wink. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. Uh, thank you, thank you everybody, for watching. We almost got to 7.50 tonight. That was pretty damn cool. Uh, but for the 532 of you watching, I guess you get a special uh, treat. I got the Dale call, new and improved, glued back together. Um, except the flames just popped out. Works either way. <sighs> Cover your ears. What kind, of what kind of glue? Gorilla. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying awkwardly like and uh, eat gorilla. I wonder, <laughs> gorilla. Uh, really quick, how about this? Can, can you can you do both at the same time? Well, oh my goodness, you're gonna get. Oh, you're gonna Stick get the croissant in the Dale call. That's a horrible visual. Oh no. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I'd get out of here now.
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.